What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 127 of the Taste Cast weekly podcast where we talk about things, react to things, do much random shit. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. I'm Chris. And a couple quick reminders to download and play Vampire and I'm set the Masquerade and Need for Speed Payback, both off for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back at the end of this month for Plus Club. Let us know what you thought of those games. We'll let you know what we thought of them. And our game randomly, a game of the month randomly picked, is Dragon's Dogma, which is a third-person action RPG. Make sure to play that and come back at the end of this month as well. For game of the month, we're going to be discussing that. Type in hashtag STLG on your comment if you'd like your comment to be considered on our segment on TastyCast, which is this show where we read your comments and reply to them. If you want your comment to be considered, type in hashtag AskTLG. Otherwise, I pick at random. Uh, we have a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us, we have a Patreon for people who would like to support the channel further than liking, commenting, and sharing the video and watching the videos all the way through. Thank you for all your support. It's very much appreciated. Also, we're almost at 2,000 subscribers. So if you can tell everybody that you know to subscribe to this channel, hopefully, if they're into gaming or into conversations, don't tell grandma who's like, ah, oh, fucking, you waste too much time on those goddamn video games. Or tell her, maybe she'll dig it. I don't know. Maybe she likes the word fuck. I say it a lot. Um, well, we all kind of do. Uh, so, yeah, uh, trying to hit 2,000. Be uh, very cool if we do that. And uh, we'll do something special once we do that. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. So, uh, Tasty Cast. This is a delayed Tasty Cast. We had a couple issues uh, Sunday when we we're going to film. So, we're doing it now. Which is perfect because we're going to be covering uh, Night City Wire episode four, which uh, is great because we're going to watch that anyway. So it uh, worked out. Um, even though we've said it a million times, we'll probably say it again. I've seen so much of the game already. I'm ready for the game. So we're just watching this just to have the conversation. Other than that, though, I'm just ready for the game to come out. So uh, if you're here for that, skip forward. There's probably a timestamp somewhere uh, if you just want to watch that part of the video. Although I would encourage you watch the whole thing. We have great conversations here. With that, uh, let's jump into what we've been playing. Every taste cast, we talk about what we've been playing, and um, yeah, let's start with Chevy. Um, let's see. Been playing Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, new patch came out, so they introduced a new exploration zone, which you use to as an option to uh, work on your relic weapon, or in this case, it's called resistance. If you're unfamiliar with the term for uh, in Final Fantasy, usually there's a weapon that is designed and specifically like for your job, appearance-wise, and everything. That's what this is. So, um, and then other than that, uh, I haven't really been doing a lot in 14. I kind of took a long break while waiting for this patch to come out, and I've barely done the patch, so I can't really comment too much. It is fun, though. Um, <clears throat> though I, I'm worried. They took too much feedback from the last uh, expansions version of this, and I feel like it's going to be way too short, but we'll see. Um, I kind of look forward to this being like that long-term, give me something to do while we wait for the next major patch thing, Mm. and I don't know if it'll be that or not, so um, we'll see. Uh, Let's see, what else did I play? I played a little bit of Need for Speed. Can't really talk about it too much. Uh, Did you go fast? It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> so. That's a failed need for speed, in my opinion. Um, or maybe it's just trying to make you feel that need to I mean, go faster. You need the speed, so they're not giving it. You need it. It's like making you hungry for speed. I should <laughs> rename the game to that. The hunger of fast. Yeah. And then... 
I played a little bit of uh, Guilty Gear Rev 2. Uh, just kind of randomly decided to check it out again. I just kind of went through all the characters in the uh, training mode just to check out all their moves and play characters I hadn't really played. I, it's been a while since I played like a Guilty Gear in a long like in a long sitting, and they've added a bunch of characters, on and I don't know who most of them are. So. Um, the one that kind of stood out to me that I think I'd kind of like to learn is one called, and I'm probably going to butcher her name, but uh, El- Elfant, Elfant or something like that. She's like a, a bride themed character who has um, like pointy it's like hat pieces essentially, but it makes it look like she has ears and then she uses like a pistol, a shotgun and a sniper rifle in, in her combos. So um, she's pretty neat. <laughs> and Yeah. That's pretty much all I've played, so. Short list. Yep. It's good. I envy that. Because my list is big. I'm going to go through that real quick. Uh, Played Vampire. Not going to talk about that. Uh, Played Need for Speed Payback. Not going to talk about that. Played Dragon's Dogma. Not going to talk about that. So those games are completed. I'm done forever. I'm not going to play them again. Or I will. A little bit. But we're going to talk about that at the end of the month. Uh, games I can talk about. Played more Phasmophobia, of course. It's one of my favorite games right now. Game's awesome. Definitely recommend it. It is still growing in popularity, which is good to see. I'm hoping that game gets a lot of people playing it, loving it, and they make a lot of money, and they put that money back into the game and make it even better because it's such a good idea. Um, in case you don't know, for some reason, Phasmophobia is a one-to-four-player ghost investigation game where you go to uh houses uh schools asylums and you investigate up you know there's like 10 different ghosts that you're trying to find out what kind of ghost is haunting the place while trying not to get killed by the ghost when it goes into um hunt uh it's a really cool idea it's executed very well for uh how simplistic it is i guess and um my biggest hope for this game is its popularity drives other people to try and make games like this. Uh, don't copy it exactly or do it and do it better. I don't care um, or worse. Um, but I want to see more people try this. Um, it's a really cool idea. It's not an action game. It's nothing like that. It's just it's an investigation game that has a lot of really cool fucking uh, mechanics and features. And I would love to see other people attempt this. There's also another game. I haven't played it yet, but it's like Harry's Haunted something, something, something. Um and uh, it's supposed to be similar to Phasmophobia. Um, I have it. I was gifted it. Thank you uh, for who gifted it to me. And uh, once I play it, I will uh, tell you guys about it. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be similar. It's it's another like um, ghost investigation game. But I, I don't think it's like as well done or something as from what I've heard so far. But anyway, Phasmophobia is awesome. I'm really stoked that it's getting the attention it's getting. Uh, and you should play it. I think it's it's like 14 bucks it's fucking it's crazy crazy cheap for what it is i've put like 40 hours into it uh, i played a game called drone the game um played a demo of it it's kind of neat it's a really stupid name for a game um but what it is is you get to make your own flying drone kind of like um battle bots and then you go into these arenas online you get to make your own maps too and you get to fight other people and their drones um fly around shoot each other all this shit and then like i said you get to make your own map so it's like a completely like user generated game um i've barely played it but i played it a little bit and uh, it's pretty neat it was like it was fucking like 10 bucks like that so i was like yeah i'll i'll, I'll buy it i want to support you know uh indie devs uh making cool games uh i think the game is pretty new too so if you're interested in that check it out 
played Baldur's Gate 3 a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean like um, four hours. And then my progress got wiped. Like it didn't save after a while for some reason. So i got to go back and continue that or make a new character. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is in early access. It's full price, which is kind of fucking wild. Um, they can get away with it because Larian and it's Baldur's Gate. I, I'm not defending it, though. I do, I do think it's kind of steep to ask people for full price for a game that's not finished. Um, and it does feel early access. Uh, from what I know so far, you only get the first of three acts in the game. I don't know how long those acts are. I'm not going to say it's a third of the game because they said even act one's not complete. Um, so it's really hard for me to recommend this game to people. People are like, oh, do you like it a lot? Should I pick it up? I'm like, if you're okay with buying a game that's incomplete, and you understand that if you play this game and it doesn't work for you, they're going to fix it. It's not done yet. Go for it. But uh, I'll softly recommend it to people. But anyway, my experience, I played it uh, by myself and with somebody and um, worked fine by myself. Uh, there's um, a couple cutscenes where some assets are not as detailed as others. There's a part I've played three times now in the beginning where a dragon blows fire into the ship and everything's very well detailed and uh, looks really good, but the fire looks like bad CGI. It's really weird looking. I was like, okay, hopefully they fix that. Um, every once in a while, there's some like jank to some of the um, transitions to like um, uh, people talking that you can kind of tell like the models have to load in or something like that. Nothing big, you know, something they can put some polish on. Um, combat's great. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it feels early access. It feels incomplete. Um, but holy shit, it's a really good looking game. It plays really well. It has systems that remind me of Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, but also nothing like those games. Um, it feels very D&D, which I think is really cool. It's got that identity. Um, and I really like their Bioware-esque um, uh, conversation uh, parts of the game where you talk to people and just like in divinity, you have a lot of options to respond to everything they say, but, uh, how up close and personal it is reminds me of like a Bioware game, specifically the character models looking as good as they look and the facial animations, um, really bring out the characteristics of the characters that I, I think divinity two had, um, they were all really interesting in this. You get you know a lot more closer to these characters when they talk. So you get to get to know them better. Um, Character creation is decent. I think the most diverse thing you can really change on a character is their hair. There's a lot of hairstyles, but like their faces, it's all presets. You go through like six different presets. Um, there's quite a bit of races. Races uh, all have different types of that race as well, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, you build up your character. You uh, pick, uh, you know, so, some of their like... Um, traits i can't think of the word of it right now um and uh the story's pretty interesting so far so uh yeah i don't, I don't want to overhype it for what it is right now but what it will be i think this game is going to be like fucking a territory when it comes to the way we review things around here like easily um the quality is from what's finished really top tier shit really fucking cool so really digging it um Oh yeah, a couple of the problems too I ran into when I played multiplayer. Um, there was a weird lag issue. My computer runs it just fine. Um, when I played, uh, they were on a computer, my other computer, um, 
and uh, it was doing some weird lagging stuff on there, but then every once in a while it would translate over to my my computer that was hosting uh, the game, and uh, it would just pause for a second. It almost reminded me of like uh, Civ Five when there's too much shit happening at once, all the AI is trying to Probably calculate. Sinking. Yeah, exactly. It seemed like a sinking issue. The game would just stop, and I'm just like, uh, what's going on? Um, and then it was auto saving really well for most most of our experience, and then uh, we had to restart the game when it came back. Um, my progress is back to like really early on from when we're playing. I was like, well, that sucks. So, but you know, early access. So I'm not gonna bitch about it. It's just something to definitely note and let you guys know um, it does have issues. I've read things all over the place saying that they can't get the game to start. So luckily I get to play it. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool though. Uh, definitely though, you know, buyer beware. If you're gonna buy it now, know what you're getting into. You are not buying a full game. You're buying early access. You're uh, bug testing the game, essentially, while they develop the game. So that's what you're signing up for if you buy it. Um, people should think that way anyway when they buy early access, but a lot of people will nail early access in ways that like the game is complete and they're just going to add more content as the game uh, progresses, whereas this definitely feels like it's just past alpha. It, it, you know, There's parts you can definitely tell it's not complete, so... Um, anyway, Baldur's Gate 3 is very cool. I've uh, been playing Generation Zero with a with a bunch of people. Um, that is a one, two, four player cooperative shooter uh, based in like Sweden in the 80s um, where you and like three other kids were on an island doing some shit while some robots fucking took over the mainland and uh, you come back and everyone's fucking gone. You can tell a war happened and you're trying to find people and find out what happened. Uh, it's a big old fucking sandbox uh, island full of robots that are really well animated. I love the way they move. Um, and uh, you scrounge up fucking uh, materials to craft things, weapons, finding ammo, which can be scarce sometimes, uh, you know, ways to heal. And you fight these robots that uh, do ramp up in their difficulty quite a bit. The, the beginning of the game seems like whatever, but later on you're fighting like gigantic fucking robots that will just like unload missiles at you. And uh, and while you're getting swarmed by like 15 smaller robots, there's like two huge robots shooting at you. And it gets really kind of crazy. It's a game I definitely think was very much intended to be played cooperatively. You can play by yourself, of course, and I like it in that way because it feels a little more like a survival game, but the game does feel best when you're playing with people. It's really fun, um, though when it came out, I remember, and this is the reason I didn't pick it up uh, then, people said people said that the game felt really hollow. Um, just felt like you know a shooter, you're swimming around, whatever, and I'm okay with that, but for 60 bucks, not so much. I bought this on sale for, I think, 10 bucks. I bought the Super Elite Edition, those 20 bucks. Um, but uh, for that price point, um, I'm really enjoying the game. I think it's really fun. And if you're looking for kind of a mindless, um, slightly more difficult than an average shooter, shooter that you can play with friends, um, I would definitely recommend it. This is also worth noting. Um, it's made by Avalanche, who made Just Cause 1 through 4, Mad Max, um, which are all great games. And I kind of notice a pattern with Avalanche. They make games that are fun. That's what they do. Uh just Cause doesn't take itself serious. It's just a game where you can fucking fly around, use physics, do a bunch of crazy shit to blow things up. Mad Max did that, but with cars, has really good car combat. That's something Mad Max does not get the praise it deserves. Um, and then this game feels like a B project. It feels like something they were working on while they're working on Just Cause 4, maybe. Um, but it still has like 
really good quality to it. It's on the same engine, looks really fucking good in first person. I'm not used to playing games or their games in first person. So it really shows off this engine. Um, and uh, yeah, on that note as well, Avalanche, at the same time I'm playing this game, released a new game uh, called Second Extinction. Um, if you guys follow the channel, You've seen that I've been streaming this game. I've been streaming Generation Zero, Phasmophobia, all these games lately. But uh, Second Extinction just came out, made by Avalanche. Um, and it is a one to three player cooperative. Um, open map, mission based sandbox game where you run around doing a main mission but also having the ability to do side quests to accrue more experience and money or not money uh, resources while you and two other people up to two other people fight dinosaurs um really crazy hyperactive uh fast-paced really well animated dinosaurs who will literally jump onto a wall plant their feet on it, and then do like a fucking backflip off of it while running at you, do, doing crazy shit. Um, there'll be like 15 to 20, just kind of like the last game I was talking about. Uh, there'll be like a shitload of these dinosaurs all over the screen just running around doing a bunch of crazy shit, and you and your friends are just unloading into these guys, or if you're me, beating the fuck out of them, out of them with your rifle um because i really just kind of unleash with the, my – I pretty much grab my rifle like a baseball bat and start swinging at them. Um because the physics are so good when you hit them, they just go flying. Uh, and yeah, you go through, I think there's like, it's also an early access. Um, you go through, It's in a section it says there's campaigns. So I assume they're going to add more campaigns or there is campaigns in it that I don't have access to. I don't think that's the case, but it could be. Um, but uh, each campaign, or the, at least this campaign has like, I think like six or seven missions or something like that. Um, and they're all very different uh, missions. But each one of these missions takes place on the same map. You drop in wherever you want on the map. And uh, there's all these random things like, oh, there's a drone. Go shoot it down and capture it. Oh, there's a relay tower. Go take it. Oh, there's uh, this like place where extracting oil, but there's like 10 waves of dinosaurs. You can choose how far you want to go into those waves to get greater and greater rewards. Um, all these like side quest things to do with your friends. Um, the game is super hyperactive, fast paced. Uh, when I first played it, I did not know what I was getting into. I was like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a shooter. There's dinosaurs. I played Turok. And then like, as soon as we went to the main uh, area, dinosaurs just spawned out of fucking everywhere. And they also just running shit. And I was like, holy fuck. And like, as I'm trying to figure out the game, you don't have time to stop. So I was just running and shooting. I was like, ah, when did they stop? When did it stop? Oh, fuck, we got to do the, the the objective. I'm running over there, pressing the button. Dinosaur's coming, I'm shooting. I'm like, holy shit. Now that I've played the game for, I think, like, I think 14 hours, I got it down quite a bit. But uh, the game does not, uh, it, it doesn't, it, I mean, when the dinosaurs aren't attacking you is the only time you have, like, time to hang out for a second. When they start attacking you, it's really fucking fast-paced. And crazy um but the combat's really fun really i keep saying fast paced but the game is way more hyperactive than i thought it was going to be uh there isn't like a whole lot of like sit back and, and strategize and stuff it's just like know your fucking class and who you're playing use them to the best of their abilities and hope that your team is going to do the same thing um i played with a bunch of people uh chris will talk about his experience with it as well but i played with him and uh you're using the mines really well. I'm just going to throw that out there because like we, me and you, uh, when Josh left, me and you got into a couple fights that, uh, specifically with the T-Rex, 
they got pretty harrowing and uh, getting that communication of, oh, I threw a fucking uh, brick of C4 on him and just knowing that I'm like, oh shit, and I'd shoot with my machine gun and blow him up. Um, it really made me appreciate the team play, uh, the aspect of, the, of of team play in the game that uh, definitely is um, worth, uh, you know, working together to do. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed that aspect that T-Rex was, <clears throat> that T-Rex was kind of bugged because he was normal at first and then you launched him somehow and he flew off um, into like uh, onto the side of a cliff and he was stuck up there and then we got him unstuck when he came down, he wasn't taking damage on his whole body anymore, but only his weak point, which was his throat. Um, the weak point just does more damage. You know, you can damage him anywhere, but after he got bugged, he stopped taking damage completely, which took me a while to figure out. Cause I was just unloading into him, unloading into him. Like, why am I not getting hit markers? And then Chris is like, yeah, I'm not either. Um, and then I finally found out like he was only taking damage to the throat. So that was a really fucked up fight and a weird bug. Uh, just like, um, Baldur's Gate three, this game's got bugs. Chris had a couple issues where he couldn't, um, can we not hear Chris? No, I mean, it's just, Okay. Okay. I was like, "Oh shit, it's not working. Things aren't working. The game's not working. This ain't working." Um, yeah, you had this issue where fucking you, you you played one match with us and then it just kicked you out for a while. It's like you can't play anymore. You can't yeah. come in. Thanks for the money. And then um, <laughs> we're having connection issues with somebody else. Um, there's I don't know. There's there's a couple times where you do a mission and it just doesn't work. Uh, the second mission, there's a part where there's like a minecart. You have to plant bombs on it. Me and Josh played that mission two different times trying to get this to happen, and it wouldn't prompt us to put the bombs on there. And you can't do it if it doesn't prompt you. So we had to like let the game kill us so we could restart. So that was annoying. But then you know a, a couple other times it worked. And then uh, oh fuck, I forgot what specifically happened. But we were playing like for hours. And then it seemed like more and more weird things are happening in the game. And when they start happening, that was just how the game was now. Um, like indicators would disappear off the maps and like all sorts of shit. And then when I restarted the game, it all came back. But I was like, I've never seen a game where like aspects of the game start deteriorating as, as I played it. It was just like in the atmosphere of the earth, just ripping apart as I'm playing it. It's just like more and more of the game was not working anymore. Oh. So kind of weird. Um, but when the game is working or when I'm overlooking minor issues because the game is fun, it's a fucking blast. I really enjoy this game. Um, and I definitely, I mean, people kept coming to the stream and going like, whoa, this looks really fun. I'm like, it, it is really fun. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Um, so, I mean, it even translates uh, when people see it. So definitely recommend it to people. Um, again, know what you're getting into. I think it's like 25 bucks, early access. Um but this is made by Avalanche, um, so not some indie developer. It will at some point be a finalized product that will work just fine. So, um, you know, we haven't seen an example otherwise to think anything else. So, um, yeah, so I've been playing. Chris? Well, obviously I've been playing Second Extinction. I only played two rounds of it, but I really, really enjoyed it, even though it is an early access game and we did run into some weird, breaky bugs. Um, I found myself really enjoying the gameplay overall um there's like four unique characters they all have special traits and abilities i probably should talk uh, about that yeah i i played the guy who looks like john hammond and robert muldoon did a fusion dance together he's um, popping his flat butt a lot flat butt yeah 
He's like, I swear and it's there. Look at it. He's the marksman character of the game, and I don't really play marksman very often because usually my aim is not very good in these types of games. In most games, but uh, he's got this really fun trait where if I if you stand still and don't move and you crouch, you become less detectable by the dinosaurs. So it made it really easy for me being able to get my marks quicker um, and easier without being you know attacked. Uh, which is more towards my play style. I tend to play in the back line. I tend to be more supportive. So I was throwing land or C4 out, you know, trying to get them on the dinosaurs, or at least where the dinosaurs are going to be, so that everybody else could hit them, while also providing, like, ammo drops and health drops when I could, things like that. I just, it was really fun. There's also other characters that are, like, you know, maybe heavy geared with, like, machine guns and miniguns, and there's a tracker character, and Seth's character, which is just, like, dashing left and right across the screen. And Yeah, I play Ortega, and her whole thing is uh, mobility. One of her moves allows her to leap forward in directions, and you can't reload in this game with any class while running, but she can maintain a reload while dashing in that move. So I'm able to still get some mobility while reloading, which is nice. Um, she also has a move that is the most fucking uninformative, vague skill I've ever seen in a game. It's like when Ortega fucking gets a lot of kills, she experiences a heightened state of combat. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. What, what does it do? And I told it to Josh, she's like, well, maybe it does. I'm like, no, no, no. I can sit here and speculate all day on what that means. What does it do? What's the stat? What changes? And then I Googled it, and they're like, well, she experiences heightened combat. I'm like, what does that mean? So finally, I found some video on a YouTube channel that has less subs than me, so very small. And fucking this guy was like, yeah, she has this move where like it says something about heightened state of combat. And what it does is you shoot faster and do more damage. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know why it's in, not anywhere in the game. But anyway, she's cool because she leaps around, does a lot of damage, and you get that move built up by killing things. So she, her whole thing is damage. Just murder, mm. murder, 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 murder. And when you pop that move, it starts um, the energy bar starts going down. But as you kill things, it keeps going back up. So it's really good when you're fighting bosses or when you do damage, it goes back up. Because with bosses, I just unload into the boss and I maintain it. And then the only time it's going down is when I'm reloading, which is kind of annoying. Um it's not good on like individual guys because your bar drains really quickly because you're killing them so quickly. But with the boss, you can maintain it pretty long. But uh, but yeah, Ortega is definitely a character I really like because a lot of people already know. But I like mobile characters. I like running, gunning, and I play that game like I play Quake. So it's kind of nice. And then you played the marksman character, which was cool because none of us were really dabbling in that character. When we first start playing it, I saw you like just crouch and go up a mountainside. I'm like, is he just he's just gonna leave us to do this? <laughs> And then you're up there like sniping and shit and throwing C4. And then you told me about his like stealth moves and stuff. I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. That like he has actual stuff that that uh, is affected by that. And then Josh yeah. is playing the heavy gunner chick. I don't know much about her Rosie. moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about her either. Yeah, I don't either. And I played with him for hours. And then I know more about the character he plays less who mm-hmm. has this giant fucking orbital laser beam that comes out of space. And you can just kind of guide it around and just rip shit up. It's pretty neat looking. He also marks enemies too. He yeah. Can, like, yeah, he has like this map. x-ray thing them. where it marks all mm-hmm. enemies that are like, even in their spawn points still, you see them through the wall just waiting to attack. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's enemies there. And so. yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the weapons all have like skill trees that you unlock through points that, and you have to unlock the points to put into those, like socket them in. 
Um, so like a, looks like there's a set amount that you can stock. So you really have to like fine tune how you like to play your character. If people, and that anyone who plays some of the Call of Duty's that have done this as a you pick ten system, so you have to. And in a weird way, this game game kind of reminds me of Monster Hunter in the sense that you have to kill enemies and they have different types of resources to build certain things. Certain things demand certain resources, so you have to go farm for that shit. But um, to get your points that are not spent, you have to spend resources to get the points. So you have to buy 10 individual points, and that's the max amount you can have for each weapon. Then every weapon has three skill trees that are passives and then... Or no, no, not passives, uh, stats, and then passives. You can only have 10 things activated at once, though. So if you're putting all your points into, like, the damage part of your gun, the only passives you're going to be able to activate are the ones that are in the damage part of the tree. You're not going to be able to activate right. anything that you don't have points into. So it's a really interesting system, and I, I could elaborate on more, but just you could watch the stream we did. Uh, it, it's very um, explored in that. But uh, it's a really interesting system. Yeah, and... I only play, like I said, I only played two matches, um, and there's only four playable characters. But as as you play, you unlock more guns, which feel like more of like the variety of the game, not so much the characters. Which I'm sure down the yeah. road they're going to come out with more because it's early access. But the the weapons are just more, and they're varied, and the skill trees that make them feel all unique and fun. And it's just it's such a blast to play. There's even skins for the weapons. I don't know if there's skins for the heroes yet. It there is. Seem like there is. There is. Yeah, Excellent. I have like this weird NASA suit on my character. Awesome, awesome. So I mean, it's for twenty five bucks early access. I mean, it's not a bad. It's it's so entertaining. The only gripe I have is that it's only three players. I wish it was four. Four would be cool. Um, but maybe in play tests they found that three was the the, the better balance. Yeah, because Generation Zero is four player, so they've they've dabbled in it already. Mm -hmm. So they oh. must have made that decision based off of something. Um, it is interesting though that the guns are the progression in the game you unlock mm -hmm. new and new guns and they all have their own skill trees they're different um i have two different machine guns and they have different stats that you can upgrade in different passives they're completely different mm -hmm. weapons and not just in looks and the way they shoot but like one's for crit one of them uh can have the bullets pass through enemies and crit and slow down enemies when the bullets hit um the other one's just straight up fucking damage um <laughs> So it's really they interesting. A machine gun that one of the passive perks makes the bullets electric. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it's fun. There's so much variety already, and I've only played two matches, and it feels like there's just more to come out with it. So I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, me too. The other game I've been playing uh, here and there is Genshin Impact. I got into that with oh, everybody yeah, that else. And uh, God, what level am I? mid to late 20s i think now that's a lot of fun i actually really enjoy it a lot um i only play it on pc i don't play it on the phone because it doesn't run very well on my phone my phone i think this general consensus is that it heats up and kind of wears your phone down pretty quick so i'll hop in if i need to log in and get some you know login rewards and hop out and then jump on the pc it doesn't run your but phone it, we have the same it phone it does it does. I just don't like. I don't like the control scheme. Oh, okay, of it gotcha, phone. gotcha. Yeah, it really bothers me. But it feels like very minimal compared to playing it in a more traditional sense. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm at the part now where it's like a, more of the grindy section of the game that people I think are complaining about. But I I don't have too much of a problem with it. I just do a little bit here and there every day and just kind of 
played the breadcrumb game. That's yeah. fun. Hmm. Um, and then I've been playing World of Warcraft, and as of I believe it was yesterday of recording was the new update. The pre-patch came out with all the visual updates for the character models. And oh my god, there are so many new customization skills for your characters. It's ridiculous. Really? Completely different models. Yeah. I didn't know they did yeah. that. It looks really good. Um it, it's not as like on the level of like Final Fantasy of like like the nice crisp details and like yeah. the more realistic looking. It's definitely more still cartoony, but there's a lot of updates put into it and it feels fresh and new. It looks so good. That's it's wild. Such I, a nice I update. Kinda wanna watch a video on that because that's I maybe I'll show you some later. Yeah, I didn't even know. That they did that was pretty looks cool. So good. I always so like good. when an older MMO gets updated with the, unless it like changes the game completely, but like mm -hmm. just updating the textures and uh, models and adding new stuff for customization stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it, MMOs because they're such a long haul, they have to have points in time where they can rejuvenate uh, mm -hmm. the experience and modernize it. Otherwise, you're just playing it because like oh, it's the old MMO that all the friends used to play together, and that's why we still play it. Right. Right. They did a. They also did a stat squish and a level squish. So the max level was 120. They brought it down to 50. So they did a big squish. Um, Damn. But it it doesn't feel punishing. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like you look at the numbers and the numbers, of course, are smaller. But it still feels consistent of what you were doing before. It doesn't feel like you know you're doing just baby damage. It feels very well adjusted. Um, and the leveling is apparently 70% faster than previous leveling experiences. So they really want to get you that the end game content real quick. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we spent, uh, some friends of mine and I spent like maybe four hours playing the other day and we got to halfway, 25 in a sitting. It's real easy. Hmm. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's There's just so many options now like just for haircuts for like blood elves alone there's like 30 haircuts Damn. and yeah and the barbershop now you can customize you can change every aspect of your character including the gender of your character so you can be transition back and forth between male or female if you want like at any time anytime it's not a premium thing nope. they have to wow it's interesting wow the only that would be premium would be like you're you know changing races yeah yeah I'm just used to a lot of most still going like, oh, you get a token for free. We'll give you a taste to change your gender, you know, your character, the way they look. So I'm glad that uh, I, I'm just, not even glad. I'm just surprised that they did that. But the game's been out for long enough now at this point that it's probably easier to keep you there if they just give you those features now. They right. you know, have had them forever. So it's nice. It's fun. I, I see myself just sitting there playing with all the customizations left and right here. That's cool. <laughs> Um, and then the last game I have to update on is other than like the plus club games, which you can't talk about our game of the month. Have you played any um, of them? I know, I've been Dogma. watching you. I've seen you playing uh, Dragon's Dogma quite a bit. Quite a bit of it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, but it, it's Final Fantasy 14. Of course, the new relic weapons are out. Um, I got my first one already, which is nice. But uh, it, doing Bajda, it definitely feels like. A quicker paced Eureka, but I'm very impatient. So <laughs> I was complaining to Chevy earlier about, I want it done now. <laughs> Even though if it was done already, I'd be complaining. It's over already. <laughs> but it's fun. There's some scary moments in it. There's there's red birds of death that are terrifying compared to the giant robots that I don't mind taking on. 
That sounds terrifying. <laughs> Red birds at I, death. Red chocobos. Oh. Slaughtering, slaughtering groups of people. That's scary. That's scarier. The zone takes place, or is right next to, uh... <sighs> Ivalis. So yeah. there's a bunch of nods to Final Fantasy Tactics in 12 in mm-hmm. that zone. A lot of good music. A lot of good music in there. Yeah, it's a weird hybrid of that and Type Zero. It's it's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It's great. Very interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Nothing else. Nothing else. Anything else? All right, all good lists. Um, you guys gonna play Ghost of Shima's multiplayer? I don't have I a mean, base game. Actually. I'm probably going to try it this weekend. And I know a couple of you in the community are down to play as well. So maybe we can do that. I was thinking about games coming. There's like a lot of games coming out this fucking month. Um, and I keep buying all these like little fucking indie games and shit too, which are all great. And I'm putting like 15 hours in a piece so far. So it's, uh, I, I'm just, I'm very grateful that we got need for speed payback and vampire this week or this month. <laughs> because uh, it's making my, my life a little easier. Um, yeah. So, nothing else? You guys got nothing else to say? Let us know in the comments. What have you guys been playing? Uh, what have you been enjoying? Have you picked up anything that's come out this month or plan on picking up anything coming out this month? Are you going to play Ghost Tsushima's... What the fuck is it called? Legends? Um, I don't remember. Something like that. But it's it's the fucking two-player story, four-player survival shit. Um and uh yeah let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below when it comes to what you've been playing what you want to play and uh please warn me on uh games that suck i don't uh well i'm i'm a curious boy and i might want to play them anyway but uh i just want to i want to hear you guys opinions on that so as you guys know uh most likely cyberpunk night city wire episode four has come out uh as of recording the day of recording and uh, we're gonna watch it we're gonna react to it and uh yeah i've heard some really good stuff somebody told me uh from the community that this uh, had them really fucking hyped really cool shit in this, which is nice because they seem to be kind of hit or miss. Um, well, they're all hits for me, but like some of them are like really exciting. And some of them are like, that's cool. Um, but I feel like I, I talk for all of us at this point when I say that, and I said this earlier, I'm just ready for the game. I'm ready to fucking play this game. Like, let's get it out. I want to fucking play this shit. Um, I'm stoked to watch this, but I've been sold for years. So uh, I'm just, you know, we're so close to playing this game that, uh, uh, you know, this is not going to change my mind in any way. It's not going to make me more hyped. It's not going to make me less hy- hyped. I'm maximum hype on this game. It's, it's. I feel going to be my game of the year. We'll see. But, um, but before we watch this, uh, is there anything we're hoping for from this? Um, I feel like I kind of answered that already, saying what I said. Um, anything that uh, that you might be curious to see more of? Um, do you have any hype on watching this? And uh, thoughts on Cyberpunk in general as we approach? It's release very soon. Um, I don't even know <clears throat> what's supposed to be in this video or anything. So uh, as far as hype goes, I mean, you kind of said I, I don't really need anything else. So I'm where I've been this whole time, which is just ready to play it. Um, as far as what I'd like to see, I said it last time. Um, they can show me whatever they want as long as it isn't too much because I really I really want to go into this game and not have everything 
already known for me. So I feel like they've done a good job with that though, they because so they, far. they've been very, they've trickled shit out very slow, but even the stuff that they have shown has been very minimal. Yeah. Um, they've done a really good job on like going, you should be hyped for this, but we're not showing you everything. And, uh, every time we've seen one of these, it's typically had something I didn't expect. Mm. So that tells me, I hope that there's a lot of stuff in this game that as you play it, it's going to be stuff you weren't expecting. And they haven't, they haven't shot their wad yet and showed like everything, um, too quickly. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I same boat. I, I hate going into a game that I feel like I've already played cause I've seen too much mm-hmm. on it. And I think they've done the perfect balancing act of showing enough without showing too much. So yeah, Chris, um, I'm just as hyped as you guys are. I'm ready to play it now. Um, the only thing I, I would like to see would be I'm always down for seeing more character customization options. You know, the more options, the better for me. I always love seeing that shit. Dong sliders? Give me the dong sliders. I want to see the dong slider. <laughs> Not even the dongs, just the dong slider. Just the slider. Let me see the slider. How smooth does it move? <laughs> How much sliding do we get here? Yeah, is it like one, two, three, or is it like one, two, or is it like one through fifty? Like, is a very gradual actual system, or are we going? Yeah, yeah. Is it notched or slide? Like, exactly. Show me, show me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else? Um, what? Why? I actually know something. that's in this video. I'm not going to say it because I want to be a surprise for you guys. I've been wanting to see more of this. I'm excited to see more of this. Anyone who's seen this is already already knows what i'm talking about um so i am already excited for that uh, as for anything else outside of that I, I i mean i'd be down to see more customization too but at the same time i don't i don't want anything else like i just i just want to fucking play the game and i'm not saying that in an insulting way like i'm just so ready to fuck get my hands on this game i know everybody is on the same page so uh without anything else to say uh you ready chris all right uh let me check everything real quick and okay three two one and go welcome to night city wire episode four the show from us at cd project red what that jacket talk about all things cyberpunk 2077 there was these jackets at e3 there that only certain people got to buy they didn't give them out they just got access to buy them i was so pissed i was like where do i get one i want that and having a chat to senior vehicle some guy was like maybe you can find uh, somebody who will sell you theirs i'm like the fuck they will what are you talking about the scenes and a look at the lengths the teams have gone to to bring vehicles to life we're also going to have news on an exciting collaboration. Then we're going to be talking about fashion and styles in the city before yes. we recap the incredibly talented finalist company? in our cyberpunk cosplay contest. I have no idea. We'll then wrap up today's He's episode got his own motorcycle company. Stadia. There is a lot to talk about, so let's get started. You guys hyped for Stadia? So hyped. Uh, I can't fucking wait. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. In a huge open world like Night City, you need a chill ride to get around fast. And in Cyberpunk 2077, there are tons of cool vehicles to choose from. Get this, four liter engine, six cylinder, goes from zero to 103.2 seconds. You fucking believe that? I don't. I want a motorcycle. 
I do too. Oh my god. The driving looks better than when they first showed it. Yeah. It looks way smoother. The dashboard for the vehicles around me of Honda S2000. Don't expect Ooh, I need that. I want that red car on the right. Here. I want the little red one yep. so bad. Yep. <laughs> that one. Yeah. That's what I'm right. the size that counts, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, so you can drive over people confirmed. Thought it, but we saw it. It's a wreck. My damn wreck. Oh, my God. Well, I'm stoked. No guy or girl, if you need to impress, I don't want any of those. Even though I want to play Corpo, I don't want any of that. I love the multi-wheeled front end, though. Reminds me of like fucking old school cars. I love it. Masterful engineering and practical design. Trucks and tanks for when you need power and brute force. Hell of a machine. Oh, that my little file has a break though. I kind of like that one. And, and these monsters are literally unstoppable. Jesus. Dude, the driving these has come a long way. It's way better. And the roar of street wildlife. Their powerful engines and exchangeable parts make them perfect for tuning. Come on! I want to smell that choo-choo bird! God, they're so squared in the 80s. Love Whether that. it's street racing, running from the NCPD, or just showing off in the streets, with these high-powered beasts, you will have The interiors are so fucking different and detailed. Oh yeah, I like that! If you need speed and armor, the hypercar oh. class is for you. It means precise like body, built-in LiDAR arrays, and really expensive materials. Imagine you're sitting on a pile of eddies. Probably less than a thousand people in the world can afford the Arendite. Not your typical urban vehicle. They will take you so places cool. you never I love how distinct all these designs are. Like they oh, don't look like other games. They look like Cyberpunk. You'll find in 2077. We also found room on our roster for some true automotive icons. Floor it, V. Okay, I'll floor it. Uh, just because you asked. And by ask, I mean demanded. Thank you so much for joining us. I think it's fair to say we've come a really long way from Roach and the Witcher, so that there's a lot to talk about. Yep. Hopefully those bugs are fucking smoothed about. out since Roach and well, the Witcher. Let's start with the various classes Ooh, of different cars, horses. because in the video we saw there were things like economy and luxury vehicles, but can you tell us a bit more about their kind of design philosophy? Like what does each kind of class offer when people are driving them around Night City? Absolutely. Uh, depending on uh, the variation of the car that you're uh, either buying or stealing, depending on your flavor, uh, yeah, you'll notice that they don't just look different, uh, but they'll also drive different and feel different. <laughs> if you're buying or stealing uh, a nice, fancy-looking sports color version of the car, you'll notice that it drives, you know, mm, faster, both. sounds a little bit more it. punchy and sporty. I'm gonna throw you out of the car, but I'm gonna example, give you like 20 bucks for it. A junkier version of that same car. You know, it can have solar panels tied to the roof or some other pipes that are hot wiring some other, you know, cyberpunk components in your car. And, uh, well, you know, if it looks cheap, it probably drives cheap too. 
So it seems that not only do the cars uh, look good on the outside, but there's an awful lot of detail on the inside as well. Things like the dashboard. So can you tell us more about that? Because I know if you find a Quadra Type 66 in the city, it's gonna look totally different from the Quadra Type 66 that the gangs are driving out in the Badlands, both outside huh. and inside. Oh. Yep, definitely. Very if you were cool. about to steal a very nice high-end car, for example, uh, when you get in, you'll see the dashboard light up nicely. You'll see your dial indicators revving a little oh. bit. But that may not exist for a junk version at all. It may have the dashboard ripped out completely. No I love the interiors. Is, you'll find something that suits your needs. Yeah. So I want that what car. Racing, then? I want the go-kart so bad. <laughs> no people have been asking. Yeah, we're absolutely going to have several races in the game. Different locations, if you know you're going to be driving in the Badlands. Maybe bring a Nomad car, because it's just built through driving in the Badlands. But if you know you're going to be racing in Night City, just bring the hottest wheels you've got, because you're going to need all the power just you bring can the baby get. car. No matter where yep. you're racing, I've though. I've got to. Still, I'm going to drive. Because this is Night City, and you never know what's going to happen. You're okay, at the end of the game, max level, just driving that thing. Talk about, I'm gonna, like, it's going to happen. Calling cars, because we know people can steal them. What if somebody's found a car and they absolutely love this particular one? Is there a way for players to kind of build that collection? And then how do they actually, you know, summon them? Well, uh, summoning cars works pretty much the same as you would summon Roach in The Witcher 3. Your transportation may or may not show up on a roof somewhere. Damn. Uh, but, you know, we're still working on fixing some bugs. They're really there. going in but hard yeah, on if themselves. If there's a car that you really, really like very awesome. much, if you can't awesome. wait to own a Quadra or a Type 66, you'll get a message from your fixer and says, hey, got a quadra for sale for you you want to buy it all you have to do is drive over pay the money and you've got your very own quadra not to mention that every single vehicle that you buy every single player vehicle is absolutely unique in every way it's got a unique interior unique yes. exterior paint job yes um, you know it'll sound different but it'll also handle different Every so single video, one? We did mention That's amazing. there was space for a true automotive icon. Uh, do you want to reveal uh, what that actually is? Of course. The, the car in question here is uh, Johnny Silverhand's car. And Johnny Silverhand is, well, he's a big rocker boy. It's Porsche. And he needs some wheels to match. So we was gave him a 911 Porsche yep, from 1977. Which means. In 2077, going to be exactly more 100 angular shape. Well, Paul, thank you uh -huh. so much for your time today. Personally, I think I'm going to try and balance being a super cool badass mercenary and driving a Mai because I love that little yes. thing. Dude, yeah. Hell yeah. fucking do it. Definitely. Mai is absolutely cool as long as you stay on the road and not on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'll, I'll try that thing was made for the sidewalk. Right. In past episodes, oh God, I'm so it's even squared shapes. You can drive into doorways. Oh. But it's not just music. Our teams went to incredible lengths to recreate and capture the sounds that really bring these vehicles to life. I mean, we might have had some fun driving them, but I'm pretty sure that's just a perk of the job. I make the tallest character I can and drive nothing exclusively but a Mai Mai. Drive that clown car. Yep, yep. Every time you show up, eight people come out. Yes. Me and my posse. This is the gang. <laughs> How do they fit in there? Cyberpunk. Yes. It's the future. We started with the visuals, and then we wanted to, like, 
attach a proper sound to the visual so that you have like a nice feeling or a nice vibe of uh, the, the complete car. And then uh, we moved on to uh, organizing the whole thing. Early on, uh, we made the decision that we are going to record on the racetracks and then we are going to record cars in movement. We started cooperation with Tomek Chotti, who is like very, very well known uh, racing oh, driver. That was Polly Shore for a That's second really driving. a nice sensation when you're driving with a racing driver and then he pushes the car to the limits. Like you can feel the, the G's with the braking and uh, tight cornering and you can feel the car actually like bending the laws of physics. We wanted to record a broad spectrum of cars, so we started with the powerful muscle cars and then we went to more screaming tuned uh, V6s, inline 6s, and then we went to V10s. We wanted to grab the off-road cars. That would be so fucking meticulous from, uh, to record all of them. Just to have the more aggressive character in the cars. We had to assemble a sound group or a sound team that would make the placing of the mics process very, very fast because we had plenty of cars to do in a short time span. We had the team of mechanics from a rally team and they helped us immensely. What they've done, they've allowed us to put the microphones into places that we wouldn't be able to access uh, differently. Putting a mic right into the car, okay. they helped us to locate the places that are best. Usually place three microphones in the engine bay, three microphones uh, in the exhaust and two microphones in the car. Cars are very, very complex in terms of sound and uh, it's very difficult to get all the necessary components uh, that you have to have to make it sound believable. But we were trying to look for something that would give us the character of the engine they don't have enough like I don't know we wanted to actual car sound I guess one of the Gran Turismo's at the same time that I think Forza 6 came out didn't have as good of audio as Forza Forza had much better they put way more work organic, in their audio more down to earth something that would that represent the combustion engine and on top of that we added small elements like the futuristic horns or like a futuristic UI oh, of the cool car door. it yeah, makes you feel crazy. like you are in a car of the future and some car might talk to you other car might have blips and bobs that will make you feel like you're in a futuristic vehicle. We wanted to be uh, very, very close to what Mike uh, set up in the war. And uh, early on, we decided to record uh, Johnny's uh, original car, which is the uh, Porsche 911 930 from 1977. We recorded on dyno in control environment in a, in a chamber. We could put Mike in very different places. Porsche 930 that we recorded is the only car really that will be really sounding like the real car in the real world. Oh my god, they even got like the Rear window rolls. That's amazing. Vehicles. They put a None lot of thought into this. Yeah, it's crazy. For a game that is not really a racing game. Truth being told, this was the hardest part in, uh, in my sound career, and I'm very, very proud of uh, what we achieved with I the sound. I believe it, dude. I like, have anxiety watching this because I'm like, God, so that's so much creating fucking the work. Designs, uh, <laughs> creating the technology behind the, how the sound behaves, that's the best thing actually I ever did in my sound career.
Holy shit. There has been a lot of talk about cars so far. So let's take a look at another collaboration. This time with Johnny Silverhand. Um, <laughs> I mean Keanu Reeves. Now it's gonna start calling him Johnny Silverhand in real life. What's up, Johnny? The travel. Yeah. Journey. Freedom. His motorcycles are so uniquely designed. It's yeah. crazy. Deeper. <laughs> I'm Guard Hollinger. I'm Keanu Reeves. And we're here as uh, representatives of Arch Motorcycle, and we're doing some audio recording for Cyberpunk 2077. Arch Motorcycle is a custom production motorcycle company. Uh, what's unique about it is that the motorcycles are built on a production platform, but each one is designed to be able to be personalized uh, for each customer. Probably. They have such a cool look to them, though. They're so unique. It's just amazing. They have a cool, like, uh, older look, but Red also modern look to them. About doing Cyberpunk mm -hmm. 2077, they also spoke about integrating... They were fans of... Uh, or I guess people who worked at the company were fans of uh, Arch Motorcycle. And so they broached the idea of creating kind of specialized Cyberpunk 2077 version of the Arch Motorcycle. That's cool. And I thought that was a very fine idea. <laughs> Like always acting in it, but also collaborating with them. We have a motorcycle yeah. that we've designed and we've been developing called the Method 143. And so that, I think in particular, was was um, a creative inspiration for the designers. Wow. So they sort of used that as a basis and then went further. So it has a totally different, crazy-looking power plant. We did a little customer there. <laughs> it's good. I like it. <laughs> Today we're capturing sounds, getting some actual sounds of a power plant, drivetrain, and characteristics of the motorcycle, which I'm sure they will, you know, have play with and stuff, but the source will be pure. <laughs> it has a sort of a racing engine in it compared to our production motorcycles. It has a, a dual exhaust system. And it sounds pretty. Hmm. <laughs> sounds good. I could definitely blindfolded tell that that's the method one for three sounding mm. motorcycle. Oh. I want the motorcycle. nature of the role-playing aspect of the game. I think it'll be cool like to be on a bike and hearing that going through the city streets and getting into the madness of mayhem. Bro, that's what I'm trying to do. Every day. All day. As with all episodes of Night City Wire, if you're tuning in late or if you just want to watch anything again, we will be uploading everything to our channels soon. Now it's time to talk about styles in Night City. Yes. Are you more yes. 
or neo-militarism. Welcome to the brief authoritative history of Night City. This chapter is devoted to so-called styles. So-called. Deeply linked with the history of the world and a very important aspect of life in the city. You can find them everywhere. In Ballsy. cars, clothes, hey. guns, <laughs> implants. They are your war paint. As one of our sponsors says, it matters not if you're dead. Whoa, that chick's legs. As long as doing that was awesome. Yeah. The moves on this girl. Swoosh, swoosh. Slicing them up like sashimi. Four visual styles are evident in the Night City of 2077, each with its own history, oh, status, so cool. and features. Neon hair, illuminated tattoos, and chrome. Function comes second. Looks are what matter. So much fucking design going on here. So cool. Stanley here with you, and we got another day ahead of us in this city of dreams. The fourth corporate war broke out, and entropism was born. Vast and deep crises forced people to find ways to survive by any means. Getting the job done, no matter how, was the primary goal. The look? Who cares? This town, love it like you might love a mother who popped you out on the steps of an orphanage once and now stops you to ask if you got a smoke for her. Fuck them, fuck this job, fuck this city. Deadly elegance without oh, ostentation. Yeah. Corporate militaristic fashion, mostly seen in the wealthier parts of town. Substance over style, that's the motto. Celebrities, brain dance stars, business magnates, heirs to corporate coat. fortunes and corporate executives. They abandoned the cold, deadly elegance of neo-militarism and returned to the roots of kitsch, but gave it a fresh new look. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shit, these hands. Sometimes it seems like I just brush something and sparks fly. That's not even a person anymore. For your attention, we wish you a very pleasant stay in our marvelous metropolis. Good luck and goodbye. NC's legends know where you'll find most of them the graveyard. Luckily, matters not where you're from, matters not where you start. What matters here is the walk you walk.
Just before this episode started, you might have tuned in early and seen our cyberpunk cosplay contest finale. Mm-mm. But just in case you've missed it, we've prepared a little summary for you featuring our very talented finalists. In the cyberpunk cosplay contest, we asked our very talented community to, to chop arms and legs off and replace them with augments, screenshots, videos, cosplay guides, etc. We thought regular trophies weren't quite cool enough, so we decided that the top three will receive detailed props based on weapons from the game. That's cool. They have been specifically made for this occasion, and the winners can do with them as they please. And now, the 12 best cyberpunk cosplayers who have competed for first place in the first official cyberpunk 2077 cosplay contest. Are you ready to meet them? Sure. Did that guy win? there is one more thing to talk about. Previously, we announced that Cyberpunk 2077 was coming to Stadia. Yay, I'm so excited. Tell you that it is Big news. On November 19th, alongside other platforms, and pre-orders are starting now. Night City Wire is almost over, but if you do want just a little bit more, then stay tuned right yeah. here on the Twitch channel and join us for our post-show. As always, don't forget that if you've missed anything or if you just want to watch again, we will be uploading everything to our channels shortly and we'll be back with Night City Wire episode 5 soon. No, actually, there is one more thing we're going to show you. Welcome to the diner. So what do you want? Supercar? Big house? Yes. You want to rule this city? No. Well, you ain't getting anywhere without an upgrade. You need a softer touch, stronger spine, because taking over Night City ain't gonna be easy. I'm in. Cyberpunk 2077, available November 19th. Oh, is that the game? Then no. That it? Yep. Yep. All right. Saw a lot of stuff there, mostly car stuff and uh, some style stuff. What do we think? Um, I mean, the detail. Obviously, we say it every time, but uh, it's just impressive the amount of work that has gone into this game. Like, it's 
I, I can't. Even, I, I don't know who's gonna like hit this level of detail anytime soon. Like it's crazy. So, Rockstar. Um, that's it. The car stuff's mostly lost on me, but um, you know, I, I think they look cool. Um, you know, I'll probably mess around with a little bit. I was more so excited to see like the actual clothing style stuff. I like that they do have the the multiple types for the different kinds of like uh, essentially brackets of people uh, that exist in the world and stuff. Um, two of my favorite things when it comes to like cyberpunk, especially in the pen and paper space, or it was uh, I love the the sheer amount of like weapons and how they have different companies, so they have different characteristics and stuff like that, and then style. Uh, both in regards of clothes and augmentation. Um, one of my first campaigns ever playing a cyberpunk pen and paper game was meeting a guy in a nightclub who was covered in basically like speakers and strobe lights and stuff like that out on the dance floor and stuff. So like it gave me a really good idea of like c- cybernetics didn't have to just be for combat. So um, I for really, aesthetic and, and culture and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So I really love that. Um, we got to see a lot of that, especially like <clears throat> the person with the red legs and the person with the gold everything uh, body, and then close the match that aesthetic. You can really, they really want you to be able to just make whatever you want, and I so love that aspect of it because that's mm-hmm. that's that pen and paper coming to life. Um, you can tell they took that serious because sure. in a pen and paper game, you make your own character, you dress the way you want, and you experience the world in a deep and uh, rich way, and uh, it seems like they're doing that as much as they can mm-hmm. in a uh, you know video game. Um, I, I like that they even went into th- shows the respect they have for the for the the branding. I yeah. guess is that they could have showed clothes, mm-hmm. but they went into this like really short, but like um, went into the the history and the culture of where these uh, fashions come from, which is really cool because I want to hear that stuff anyway, we're all dorks here like cyberpunk, but like, um, but also it just makes the world feel more living and breathing. Mm. And this stuff is already established in the pen and paper anyway. So like I said, it's just, it's them translating that over to this in a really respectful way for sure, which is really fucking cool. It's more than, it's more than just my character wears suits versus my character looks a little more hip hop. It's like these, these, uh, these styles have have a history in this world. So, um, and I remember early on reading about how like the way you dress. I don't know if it's still in the game or not, but they're talking about the way you dress was going to be um, uh, real charisma. Was going to be used in the way you interact with certain types yeah. of people. So, um, they put a lot of thought to it, for sure. which is very cool. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. So that that's probably my favorite part of the whole trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. The styles is really cool. I wish it was um, dived into a little deeper, um, but I'm glad we got to see it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool. I really enjoyed that part. Um, I do agree with the person I talked to earlier saying that they really enjoyed this in the sense of like the cars because they really dived in here. Um, the the cars, just like the combat specifically, well, even melee, but like um, the shooting uh early on looked fine but looked like it could improve and it did improve yeah. just like early on the cars uh even like when i watched them play it um seemed a little stiff 
And now what I'm seeing here, we're actually seeing car physics where the cars are kind of bouncing around and shit. Um, there's a little bit of kind of a, not quite of a floatiness, but like weight of the car when it, when they're turning, stuff like that. And it looks like they've put a lot of work into more work than fucking Ubisoft did in the crew too um, on uh, making, you know, cars feel different, uh, make them feel like they're, uh, they got weight, um, which it's sad because I'm looking at all these cool cars. I'm like, oh, they're so cool looking, but I'm way more excited that the driving looks like it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, or at the very least fine. Um, whereas before I was kind of worried it'd be stiff feeling and just kind of added on, um, not as much work into it as, you know, other things, but it, it looks great. Um, outside of that aspect though, the ever improving state of this game, which has been such a fucking treat to watch. Um, the cars are awesome. Even the uglier cars that I'm not really into, I love the aesthetic of them. Mm. They all look like they exist in this world. Everything in this looks like it belongs there. Even some of the stuff they're they're bringing in from like the real world, like the Porsche, um, doesn't look too out of place because there's already this 80s aesthetic anyway. Um, and uh, and bringing in the Arch uh, motorcycles, those things kind of look fucking a little bit of old school, new school anyway, which cyberpunk looks like too. So it really fits. Um, the attention to detail on these fucking vehicles is insane. Um, they're so... None of these cars look like a car I've seen in other games. If I look at these cars, I would be like, oh, it's a cyberpunk car. Um, the interiors are super fucking detailed, which is awesome to see. Like, they didn't have to do that. They could have just had very similar interiors in all the cars, and nobody would have bitched. But they did this because they're CD Projekt Red. Um, I also stated that, like, you can change all that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, well, they I said that all the cars yeah. are going to be different when you fucking steal them or buy them, too. Yeah. So if they're all different anyway, that means they've built all the parts, so you should be able to buy those parts. Um, mm -hmm. so it's very fucking cool. The motorcycle look awesome. They look way better in the way they move. I, I'm kind of going over that again, but like, um, then the prior footage that I'd seen looked a little more stiff. Now there's a little bit more lean in it, which I'm digging, um, more realistic. Um, the amount of work they put into the audio design, I fucking love oh audio design and they put so much work into it. Like I was watching, I was just like, Oh God, fucking that's that's a whole job in its in itself, and then that audio has to be compressed and fucking tuned and tweaked, and then it's got to be given over to people who are working on the fucking game to match the cars oh. and and the sound of like cars driving by. Like it's just there's so much work just with the audio alone, which I'm so happy they put that work in because there's games that have the flattest fucking sound ever, and it's not a deal breaker, but it's definitely so appreciated when I hear a game that has great audio i will always fucking say something about it if i hear audio that they put extra work into so i really appreciate that they did that even the guy talking was like this is you know one of the greatest things i've done in my audio career um <laughs> so that's cool to hear because no one just says that about everything that they do um i hope uh and that little square car the one me and chris are gonna be driving my, my. ride or die fucking that thing is sick I'm glad they felt the same way too. They even brought it up. So apparently that's going to be a popular car. Um, yeah. All in all though, this was a really good um, uh, episode and even some of the, like the extra shit that they throw in. That's not game related. Well, it's game related, but it's not the game. Sometimes that feels like a little like, Oh, that's neat, but I'm not really too into that. Um, but them talking with uh, Keanu Reeves and the other guy um, about their motorcycles, but also how they're putting them into the game was cool to hear about. And also the cosplay thing was neat. So uh, yeah. this yeah. this episode across the board, I think, was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. And 
Um, I'm going to grade it. I'll give it a fucking for these episodes, not for like the end all be all of everything. I'd probably give it an A minus out of the episodes I've seen so far. I think they did a really good job and they covered. I, was, I wasn't bored. I haven't been bored on any of these, but like there's no downtime. I enjoyed the whole thing. It went by like that. So what would you grade it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably an A minus as well. Cool. Chris, thoughts? Um, th- this episode spoke to me on so many levels. Uh, it just the the aesthetic appeal alone of like the fashion and how the, the history of it, it appeals to the game, and the cars having all these you know customizations and each car they say will be unique to the user. It really speaks to like the level of detail they're adding to this game. I mean the audio, the levels of depth they went to to get the audio just for the vehicles should tell you how much work they're putting into this game and when you have this much options to customize your character based on fashion and the augmentation how they look and the vehicles and the weapons it really makes you have a deeper connection to games especially when they have stories like this you it just makes for a better experience overall in my experience in gaming if you have more options to make the character unique and custom to how you want to experience it it just makes you feel deeper for the game in the long run and i'm really excited about that aspect overall and then the fact that the all the details added to cars really spoke to me when when i was younger i was kind of a a, a ricer kid <laughs> i didn't have the money for it but i was really into like customizing cars and tuning cars out and mm-hmm. it's a really big part of like my youth and it just spoke to me so much in this whole ordeal and then nowadays i really aspire to making um props for cosplay and you know the outfits and things like that so just this whole thing was just such a mind-blowing event for me i was just so stoked by the whole fucking thing it was yeah. such a nice experience now, that's cool to hear um it's cool too earlier you're saying you want to see more style stuff so it's it's cool you got that so yeah it's like the combat <laughs> episode with the guns and stuff i was like i hope they show that and they did i'm like oh cool that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted to see so yeah and yeah. i would grade this overall an a it really spoke to me on just so many levels it was just such a joy to watch i'm so excited for every little aspect of it yeah um yeah, so it was great. Shout out for a lot of really cool stuff. Again, I want to emphasize, I love the improvements I've seen on this game. Now, of course, it's coming out right around the corner. It's gold. done. It's It's gone gold. Um, so, you know, we're not going to see much more improvements outside of patches uh, on the game and, and content added later. But uh, but it's been really kind of crazy. It's weird to look back on the journey of this, this game's first announcement and, you know, up until this point, seeing it actively being worked on and changing over time. Um, so it's really cool to, to, to see that happen in real time. Um, and yeah, really cool. We all really enjoyed it, it seemed like. So uh, anything else you guys want to add to that? There's an episode five coming out, so we will have another thing to watch. Uh, it has nothing necessarily to do with this game, but I'd like before this game comes out to have one. I need a video card soon. <laughs> so NVIDIA, get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, and... People probably don't remember this much. I planned originally because I had pre-ordered the Ultimate Collector's Edition thing um, to do an unboxing of that. And then I checked on that order, that pre-order, and now it says it's null. Like they just canceled it without telling me. So that might not be happening. But I will obviously be picking the game up and playing it. I was planning on buying it on PC anyway because I want to play at the max graphics. But it just sucks because I wanted to own that first off and i had it pre-ordered but secondly i wanted to be able to provide a video where people could see the details of all the stuff so if i can get my hands on one i will but just letting you guys know that that didn't happen what for some reason sucks like fucking there's like psych like 
okay you could have at least fucking told me you yeah. were gonna be like nah we're not gonna send that to you maybe they will though i don't know ah. they, they haven't communicated shit to me i should probably call them um just like my my pre-orders on the ps my pre-order on the ps5 they're like oh by the way you pre-ordered two ps5s i'm like did i okay i guess i'm getting two ps5s so um gamestop man they're fucking they're they're just not doing things as well as they could be when it comes to my shit um but yeah uh on that note of the video card i'll be playing on pc for sure so i want to play it at the highest graphics and i want to play it on mouse and keyboard i've just been so fucking on pc hardcore for fucking most this year it's like hard for me to go back to my console now i'm like back to being fucking pc master race again so um because i just dabble over the place but i'm just like right now i'm just like i don't want to fucking touch anything except for my pc it's so nice um yeah anything else chris anything else no all right let us know in the comments what you guys think about episode four of night city wire what was your favorite part about it what was your least favorite part about it are you stoked about the cars or do you do not care about that much um what, what, what was your favorite car they saw um what do you think about the stuff that they're implementing when it comes to the audio uh the porsche being rendered in the game uh fucking the arch motorcycles coming into it what do you think about the styles are you excited about that um what style are you gonna pick um that's a hard one for me to even answer because i liked oh, all of them um i'm gonna i'm gonna buy all the clothes and just dress up every day in a different outfit um but I mean, the fur and the fucking suits really spoke to me. Um, but I liked it all. My least favorite was the, we don't give a fuck. We dress in uh, onesies and fucking tidy whities and hang out oh, on the first one, the second one, the hillbilly one. Yeah, yeah. Um, although you know, you do you, boo. Um, they they you know they're they're working it. Uh, but yeah, they, they all looked really cool. So let me know which ones um, you're most excited about. And uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts in general when it comes to this episode and what do you hope we'll see in episode five. And yeah, um, it's that time again where I stop this video and move over to comments uh, where we read your comments, we reply to them. And uh, the way that works is uh, I pick at random uh, unless you type in hashtag AskTLG on your comment in which I will most likely pick your comment and read it and reply to it. So again, type in hashtag AskTLG on your comment if you'd like it to be read. Otherwise, I will pick comments at random. And if you don't want your comment read, just type, hey, I want to say this to you, but don't put it on the show because I'm not, I don't like that kind of thing. I'll respect that as well. Um, yeah, so let's go back over the last week and see what the hell even happened. It's been a blur. Uh, we did Tasty Tuesday where we talked about Crucible, uh, which is Amazon's game. Uh essentially fucking failing and now they're getting rid of it uh, if you'd like to hear more on that we talked about that and uh nino kuni 3 might not be coming to the states because uh, level 5 is doing some shit so if you want to hear about that go check that out um but we got a comment uh from awesome skeleton uh which says oh that's the whole comment okay so it's official. Microsoft is working with GameStop. I wonder how that's going to be for the future of gaming when it comes to Nintendo and Sony. I think when time goes by, the movement, uh, the movement when it comes to sales will be more towards digital than physical discs. Plus, the prices of a physical disc will cost seventy dollars plus tax, and that's about four dollars in taxes included. So about seventy-four with change. But the good thing about owning the game disc is that you can uh, get trade value, which is something Josh has brought up a lot when it comes to this conversation, um, or cash back. But people are already catching on in catching on in how GameStop conducts their business and has a bad past 
reputation when it comes to trade and so on. The way technology is changing, streaming and downloading has become bigger every year when it comes to movies and games, and some folks don't have a local GameStop, so they would use Amazon or eBay or any store that provides online shopping. So I think within two years, game discs will be something in the past. For example, I have a local Fry's Electronics in my area, and I remember back in 2010, you would walk in towards the restrooms, and there was a huge wall of different magazines to choose from, and now it's almost empty since digital took over and print was the thing in the past, and it's sad. Uh, I remember getting dropped off with friends a long time ago when Tower Records, that's an old one, uh, was open, and we would go there Friday nights and buy music, uh, and now they have been closed. Memories. What do you think about this comment? Um, <coughs> the Tower Records one I think is funny because I immediately got a uh, an image of walking into music stores, putting on the headphones, sampling the music, going through all the yeah. They're still in the fucking uh, Tacoma Mall. They're still in Fye for your entertainment. Weird. Yeah, uh, they used to be all over the place, and now there's one there. And I looked in there, and it's mostly like memorabilia stuff and like toys and Funko Pops and then in the back there's some DVDs and those places used to be just like full of fucking CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays and shit and I was like that's a fucking relic of the past that's a, it's a great segue because GameStop <laughs> used to sell video games and now they're like 75% random bullshit when you go into them so yeah, they have like half empty shelves and they got all this like 10 and $15 like uh light up PlayStation uh, lamps and like uh, inflatable Xbox fucking uh, balls. And it looks like, you know, it's random shit they found on the internet. Yeah. And it's weird. Them uh, having, and I don't know the actual news there too much, but if they're having any dealings with Microsoft, um, I don't think it's going to affect too much. Microsoft's just looking to make what they can on anything they can. So, uh, GameStop, I'm sure, will continue to operate, you know, in the interest of, of GameStop, not so much as a a way to push Nintendo and Sony out, but more so just to hopefully keep them afloat. I mean, they also brought in uh, Reggie uh, Fizeme to be um, a advisor for them as well. So they're they're trying to figure it out. I don't have. Um, and I hate to see people lose their jobs, but I, I honestly, I personally don't care what happens to GameStop. I used to work for them. I hate that company. So it's a bad company. They can go away. Um, I, I don't have fries. They um, can go away. But we have Best Buy around us. I love going to Best Buy. It's like an adult toy store. Um, I Anytime I walk into a Best Buy, I walk out with something that I didn't intend on buying. <laughs> Easy to do. Um uh, and I don't think, even though we're already in uh, a trend of digital selling more than physical, um, physical's not going anywhere anytime soon. There are people, myself included, who still like to buy physical stuff. Yeah. Um, my want for physical is not as strong as it used to be. There's very specific types of physical copies I buy now. Um, but I did. I do the same thing with movies. Like If I really like a movie, I prefer to buy it physically. Otherwise, I'll stream it. So it just depends on do I want that on a shelf yeah. as a display piece, you know. Well, and I also want to emphasize we've talked about this a bunch of times, but um, uh, the market's dictated by what people will buy, not by the people who decide what you they want you to buy. Yeah. Uh, if if 
people aren't contributing or not paying for the thing they're trying to sell them, um, you're going to change that up. And so examples of that is books. Books should have been, uh, you know, fully digital a while ago. They tried to do that early on uh, with Kindles and stuff like that. And they realized that uh, people like paper a lot, uh, so much so that like Barnes and Noble still exists. Whole stores full of fucking books still exist. Yeah, It's crazy. And if they had it their way, it would be all digital. Um, And people read uh, digitally uh, all the time. But I think I know more people who read paper books still to this day most people prefer that that's that feel and smell exactly of a book and oh. so that's yeah. uh an example of that but also um vinyls vinyls and this is a point that i haven't really made on the show but i'm gonna make now you can't also look at the trends of the market and assume that's the just the trajectory like it, it is and and it can give you uh, insight on where it's going but vinyl obviously was popular when it was the the highest tech at the time it went away it, yeah. i mean weird hoity-toity people would like collect it but that was about it and then in the last 10 years every year vinyl sales go up i mean you can look at graphs of this shit like the sale, sales just keep going up that keeps uh because now that cds are obsolete and people stream music if you really are passionate about music, what do you do? How do you how do you show off that flair? Well, you buy vinyls because they're collectors' items, and if you're like me, you actually listen to them because they have a certain sound to them. I don't I wouldn't buy everything on vinyl, but certain things I like listening to. But it's also a, a cool collectors' item to have. It's something you put on a shelf, and that's an example of the market going. Eh, vinyls are kind of dying out. Wait, people want them back. So even if physical copies of games keep going down. In the absence of those, people could start wanting them to come back, and then some company goes, "Well, man, people people really want these. Let's start selling physical again." And then those start selling well, and some other companies like, "Wait, people are buying physical again? Oh, let's do that too." Like, it's it's going to be in flux. So, your prediction of the next two years? I don't know if I would say that uh, soon. Um, I think we got a good next console generation of of physical games still being sold but this is the generation generation where i think we're going to see the phasing happening where they are going to start moving not just towards like digital game sales which i think already dominates but streaming this is the generation where they're going to try normalize streaming to be we're going to see growth in streaming games uh because they're going to be able to usher that in in a way that's not intrusive like stadia um where they just go that's what it is Take it or leave it. Whereas with Xbox, they're going to go, hey, it's everything you expected, but also you can stream. With PS Now, they can go, eh, it's there if you want to try some games. Um, it's only going to get better and better and better, especially with not uh, seven-year-old consoles. New consoles, they're going to be able to stream better and have more technologies and be able to record your conversations you have in private with people and send them to Sony, apparently. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I also think... There's some nuances to it that uh, makes it more complicated than because I know people were just like, I only buy digital. Um, I'm 100% okay with not owning anything ever again. I'll stream things, fuck physical. And I'm like, I get that. I get where you're coming from. I'm not on board with that. Um, I do like digital. I've been buying shit on Steam for fucking 10 years. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes I like some physical shit. Um, and, uh, so I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm, I'm primarily mostly digital when it comes to what I buy, but I do like owning stuff. I like spending more money on things I want to support as well. And if that comes with collector stuff, 
I'd rather take physical collector stuff than digital. Like you get a fucking yellow jacket that you don't get access to in the first 20 levels early if you pre-order digitally. I'm not in, I don't care about that. Um, I'm going on a tangent anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, really, you just, I think the more minimalist you get, people start realizing they don't have anything in their house anymore. Um, so. Well, if we keep going in this trend in every regard, and we talked about this, I think, in the last episode, people want to collect shit. They yeah. want to fucking decorate their house. Yeah. And mm-hmm. millennials and younger specifically, we're going to be fucking nerds our whole lives. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna be like 40, 50 and go. Well, you just gotta grow up sometime. We're gonna be like, fuck no. I want goddamn figurines over there. I want posters on my fucking walls. Yep. All this shit. I know so many people my age who are just like, I'm always gonna be fucking. You know, when it comes to hobbies, like I'm not gonna be like, well, it's time to get old. And so with that mentality, I can't see people throwing out the idea of owning physical things. Mm-hmm. People like to be surrounded by the shit that they love. Anyone I know who's passionate about stuff wants to be surrounded by it so um when it gives you a sense of home and this is this is my stuff this is my comfort area that you know i there's there's more than just this is a video game at this point or yeah. this is the thing it's that right. cultural right. it's culture yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it also tells people about you too it's, it's it's indicators of people when they come to your home what to expect of you as a person like you know if you have a certain amount of books about you know nothing about psychology books on the t- their bookshelf they're gonna know oh this person really likes psychology <laughs> You know, great you know, this person's got philosophy books right. everywhere fuck it just just even even video games you can like get a general idea of like who a person is and what they you know might they might be about by the, the collection of game types they just have. a shelf full of just dance you're like okay we're not going to have any conversations about oh, games god <laughs> i mean that's that is a good point yeah it's it's also social too but again the digital thing like that we're not denying that at all mm-hmm. just kind of putting emphasis and weight on how physical is more than just a mode of playing the game it does have functionality mm-hmm. as well you know if you lose access to servers or something like that um you have the physical copy you can watch your blu-rays you can watch you can play your game or whatever but also there's social and cultural weight to it as well in some ways well, I think so. a great example of that too is like i bought the, the collector's edition of the shadowbringers expansion for final fantasy 14 there was no disc or usb drive in there they gave me a piece of paper with a code on it like <laughs> that was the game part the rest was literally just stuff to put stuff. places yeah so you got a digital game but you still got physical stuff so stuff. there's there's hybrid shit going on just like when people are talking and i'm not mm-hmm. going to get into this conversation too much but like people are bitching about like the 70 dollar price point which i don't i don't mind because this generation should have been there yeah. it's overdue it's way overdue the games are more expensive to make there's more people working on them the price has to go up it has to why do you think dlcs um, exist but dlc makes up for that fucking but we're already people are like thinking it's either going to stay the same or it's just, just going to jump in price i'm like dude we're already living in a time where we have hybrid prices the games come out at six 60 bucks sometimes brand new games come out at 50 bucks there's really high quality games that come out at 40 bucks but then also there's fucking versions of those games that are 80 dollars, and people are very okay with buying those because you get a little bit extra didn't cost them fucking like 20 bucks to make that extra shit but you still paid for it because you want it but then there's also like hundred dollar versions 120 dollar versions and not everybody's buying those but a lot of people are buying those still i buy those all the fucking time if i'm stoked for the game i just want i'm like i want everything the game has to offer so we're already living in this weird hybrid place and i think we're staying there we're gonna probably see a standardization of uh AAA games going up to 70 bucks easily but i still think we're gonna see those fluctuations in prices when it comes to 
Um, it, it's more a la carte now than ever has been when it comes to pricing. I mean, like obviously back in like the 90s, it was the wild west on prices. There was no standards in the 90s for anything, but um, ever. But uh, but nowadays, it seems like we do have these price points that are way more malleable. Plus, like the the amount of sales that happen, all there's no special sales anymore. Like if you're on Steam, every fucking season has a sale, and in between those, it's like, hey, it's it's a it's a good Wednesday today, so we got all these games on sale. That seems like how uh, uh, Humble Bundle works. I'll go on there sometimes, like this game is on sale. I'm like, why? Like it's just on sale. I'm like okay. And then like PlayStation has sales all the time. Yep, like, we- it's weekly. Halloween yeah. sale. Uh oh, made in Japan sale. I'm like, I like Japan. I'll buy things yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Um, um and and it's and get in games, brand new games, full price brand new games in like a month or two go on sale nowadays. So quickly. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. that's that's where Legos brought up earlier, DLCs, microtransactions, uh deluxe editions, collections editions, the uh, re-release that comes with all the dlcs at 60 dollars again um what is that uh complete edition there we go uh these these systems are in place because at this point in gaming it takes at least one two million copies sold for these guys to break even make profit etc uh because they have they hire so many people and it costs tens of millions of dollars to make a video game now so um They've just been, I mean, I think one of the best stories that, he, that I can even think of is like when the when Square got uh, Eidos and they made Tomb Raider, and the game only sold like six six point five million copies or something mm-hmm. like that. I could have the number wrong, but it wasn't as successful as they wanted because I imagine the game was super expensive to make. Um, That's still it, it. It's it was their expectation that they're upset about. That's it. No, for sure. But six point five million is great for any game. It it is, but at the same time, you could see that they were used to like a certain profit margin, and they didn't hit that in that regard. Well, they invested in IDOS, and then I, su- I assume that they assumed that the branding of Tomb Raider would bring in more sales. Yeah. Um, knowing what I know about game journalism now and shit, like fucking, I feel like that story's probably inflated a bit too. But it was a big to do about like, well, Squanix isn't happy that it only sold five or six point five million, and I'm like, that's crazy because anybody'd be fucking stoked about that. You're not Call of Duty, you're not a Nintendo game, you're not gonna get that fucking twenty million. You're not Rockstar, you're not gonna get that twenty million fucking sold. Yeah, no, for sure, and and that obviously isn't always the case because like Near Automata sold one point five million and they celebrated it. So sure, because that's that's great. Yeah, there's but, games that don't even sell a million. All the time, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, like I said, depending on the game and the 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 investment, um, that price point has to go up eventually, and it should have a while ago. So yeah, uh, this obviously became very much tangent, but um, you had a lot not even a, in there. Not even a tangent. They they yeah. brought up a bunch yeah. of great things that have to do with gaming right now and where it's going. Um, and then also the, the memories aspect. Yeah. I remember that shit too. I'm, I, it's, it's weird. Like a lot of people have like their special place, I guess they'll go somewhere and like, for instance, Disneyland. I know, I know a lot of people were like, Oh, I could go to Disneyland. I was just like, Oh yeah, I love Disneyland. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But, uh, I get that way in retro game stores. It's weird. I walk in a place and I see like Sega Genesis cartridges and Super Nintendo cartridges and like old school PlayStation games and, and just like a Sega fucking Saturn and like just seeing all that 
all those physical games, it takes me back to like being young and like uh, just like the the years of just all these new things coming out. And like for some reason, it's just like that's my special place is like retro games, not even retro games, just games in general um, in physical ways. And so like um, I do have fond memories of like when I was younger going to the store and even before the internet where everything's being advertised to you, like seeing what – like this is how fucking old I am. I remember going to the store and like seeing what the hell was there. Like you'd look in like a game informer wherever the hell and it advertise all the big things coming up and then some of the smaller articles like this game's fucking might be worked on or whatever. But then you go into like some store and you're just like looking through the games and seeing what the hell's there and you buy these random games and shit. Like we had so many yeah. fucking like random Sega Genesis games mm-hmm. that just we bought on a whim to see what the hell they were. Luckily most of them were bangers. Some of them not so much. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a time I definitely miss. So Yeah, even when I started working for GameStop, which is well past the time you're even talking about it was right at the cusp where they started buying out companies like fun Colan, software etc uh babbage's stuff like that and so they still had things like figurines soundtracks which is ironic they're going back to that now um oh and- they fluctuated for a long time they they wouldn't even sell like retro games and then they went back to doing it for a second yeah well and when i worked there we we did because it was a, a fun Colan they converted but they uh they sold a ton of magazines because that was still like the the even at that time the the prominent way of getting information on gaming. Um, it was making that shift, obviously, towards uh, the internet. But I mean, that was even still like, <clears throat> you know, you bought strategy guides and stuff like that too, instead of and then eventually that was Sega Sages, which turned into Game Facts and stuff like that. So uh, didn't IGN buy that? I think so. Yeah. There's Anyways, a, there's dating a time, myself, obviously. There was a time where IGN and GameSpot and all those companies had a purpose to exist. I mean, they still have a purpose. It's just not a good one anymore. Nope, they're just trying to retroactively be YouTubers now. It's like, sorry, that happened independently without you. Mm-hmm. They're just bloggers. Now the, they're second-rate bloggers. Um, we all watch YouTube for that, but uh, fucking in the info they get, we all get at the same time on Twitter, so now there's relaying info we already have. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that was it. I was just talking about uh, you You brought up learning about games, going to the store. I mean, even when I worked at GameStop, I'd, we'd penny out those magazines. I'd take them home and I'd go through them. So, I mean, like, I, I definitely understand that. So. You pennied out a game called Bad Day LA. I still own it. That game's fucking trash. But I was like, game I've never heard of? I'll try it's it. It's free. So oh. bad. It's such a bad game. Pennied out for a reason. Chris, thoughts? Anything you want to add to that? Man, I know, not really. I mean, GameStop, whatever. Those those stores, I don't go shopping at those places just because of the shitty return policies and buyback policies. I hate that shit. I can't support that. I can't. It's fair. You don't like GameStop either. <sighs> Thoughts on uh, prices changing, digital, physical, stuff like that? You kind of chimed in with the cultural... Or, or fries? You have any opinions on fries? No, well, I got plenty of opinions about fries. Let me tell you, I worked at that store you can call it a store you're gonna say hellhole i try to be polite because the people i worked with were decent people it's just the company itself was not all that great it's like almost every job i've ever had but yeah yeah but uh yeah no no nothing prices prices change prices are gonna change it's you can't stop it. And like you guys said, because there's so many people working on it, because there's so much resources required to make games these days, prices are going to go up. And 
you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sucks, especially when you know you know make a lot of money. It sucks, you can't buy everything you want to do. But you know what? That's life. Yeah, it sucks. I found another point out there. We used to go to like Sears, Toys R Us, whatever, to buy Sega Genesis or or even like Nintendo sixty four games. Games used to be like anywhere from like. 40 50 bucks to like 120 no dude there are so many people forget this there's so many games that are 80 dollars yeah back then when 80 dollars was more was a shit ton of money. they were yeah. they were a lot of money back then um, a lot of money so what we see now is just this it's just become standardized on what price points mm-hmm. are acceptable the market figured that out yeah but like like i always refer to as the wild west back then because fucking back then people would just release a game they're like ah, i think this is worth 80 dollars it's new tech, right? Like, no, not everybody has it. This is a niche. Not everybody has a fucking console. So if you buy this, we need you to fucking spend more. Yep. Example, I, I bought a copy of Final Fantasy VII when I was younger, when it was like a newer game for like 20 bucks. And then like Legends of Dragoon came out and it was like $50. Just like all over the place with pricing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, even during that time. It was yeah. really like the PS2... Uh, wait, fucking Xbox era that seemed like um, because even like Dreamcast prices were all over the place too. Uh, it seemed yep. like the, it yep. became like you know forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, was exactly. the standard. Yeah. yeah, USD, and then it hopped up to sixty. People don't talk about the the fifty dollar price point that much. Yeah, that was they forgot about it. Yeah, that was the PS two Xbox. Yeah, era. And so 70 bucks, it really should have happened already. Um, but we've already gone over what they did instead of raising that price. Um, but here we are, seven years later, they gotta they gotta fucking be able to uh, fund these projects. So, But I have a problem saying that every time, too, because every company, every developer has different sized teams, different amount of fucking stuff they put into their game, different engines they're using. Some people might have not even developed their own engine. That costs money if they did. Um, or using somebody else's engine that they got for fucking free if they're using Unreal. Um, or Unity. I think Unity's free. Um, yeah, they're both free. They yeah. make X amount of um, money. There's, there's so many variables involved. But that, that's why I emphasize the $70 price point. I think you're definitely going to see with AAA games because they're all going to be on the same page. They're all going to go, well, if they can charge 70 so can we. Because we got to make that money too. Maybe not Ubisoft. Well, Ubisoft's the weird one. I still defend Ubisoft. People have their problems with Ubisoft. I don't. When it comes to the big three, Ubisoft is is such a better company than EA and fucking uh, Activision by miles. I don't even think it's I don't even think it's fucking worth even trying to compare them. Um, so yeah, they are way more malleable in offering quality at different prices in different ways right and making up for issues that they've had or you know fixing things so where's activision's like you'll buy it yeah and EA's like you'll buy it and it'll be half a game and if you complain fuck you i was i was gonna say don't forget the insult but yeah yeah you got it yep, yep. i got <laughs> it when it comes to insults i got it turn on the game and here's your microtransaction list please buy there's 16 pages of things agree to agree to okay buy all this stuff okay am i gonna play a game no did we mention that we're good people in an advertisement yet we're morally great people you better know this when you give us your money 
That's good money. That's morally just money. Uh, anything else? No. Thanks for the long no. tangent discussion, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, great <laughs> comment. Thank you for the comment. Awesome skeleton. Very awesome skeleton. And uh, it was a good conversation. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we did a video on uh, reacting. What is this? Was this Taste Tuesday as well? Oh, yeah, because we skipped this Tasty Cast, um, which we're doing right now. In which we uh, reacted to Ghost of Shima 1.1 trailer, which showed off the multiplayer and some of the new stuff they're adding, and talked about Payday 3, and um, that it's going to show up at some point. Uh, we got a comment from Psycho Scream saying, uh, and one thing I like the the way Psycho Scream typically comments is he'll actually, and other people in the community do this as well, but uh, he'll do me the favor and go, this is the topic you're talking about. Here's my opinion, which I, which I, I like the formatting. He says, Ghost Tsushima, new game plus still need to beat the base game. Nice though. I'm in the same uh, boat, but I, it's sad. I'm stoked for the new game plus, but I haven't even beaten the game, but I'm like, that's cool. Cause there's like new shit to, to get in the new game plus, which I think is a, a plus. Uh, also he says, can't wait to try legends out. Uh, going to be a cool experience. Uh, hoping Legends gets some sort of support from the devs, unlike Final Fantasy 15, which was just a story filler and nothing more. Um, and I'm just going to add to this his other comments is Payday 3 cover system. Uh, oh, yeah, I asked what you guys would want from Payday 3. So he's saying uh, cover system, even if it's jank as fuck. Meaningful perk trees, they were useless in my opinion. Small story, meaningless, but would be nice to see in this series. Making uh, the casings portion of the heist uh, an actual part of the heist, not just some BS maskless start off, uh, which if you haven't played Payday, uh, you walk around um uh, without a mask and then once you put the mask on the heist starts that's essentially as far as it goes um so yeah thoughts on either of those both of them everything um honestly not really okay i agree with the new game plus uh and um legends um we better fucking play and uh i also hope that it's supported if they don't support it it's not something that they said they're going to have in the game anyway so it's added but it would be very cool for them to support it i think people would love that um and i assume when you're talking about final fantasy 15 you're talking about comrades um which that was a cool idea there's like that's it um so maybe they'll revisit at some point. And then with Payday 3, I think all of your... I already replied to you, but I think all of uh, the things you would like to see in the game, some of them I, I said as well, but also some of the things you said, like uh, cover system, uh, meaningful perks, I agree. All that stuff sounds really cool. I hope they take... I hope they steal all your ideas. All of them. Chris, anything you want to add to that? I agree. Okay. <laughs> you agree? Sure. We all agree. We agree to agree. Thank you for the comment, Psycho Scream. And then we got Flora Lubishtani saying Payday 3 with Hearts and Fire, which I agree with you as well. Thank you for the comments, everybody, on that episode. And then on our Monster Hunter Rise new mechanics, I think this is a tasty cast, and talking about Phasmophobia is sick as fuck. It is. Go buy it. We got a lot of people correcting me, which I uh, will um, humbly say thank you for correcting me on that. I made the assumption that uh, the new Monster Hunter is on Monster Hunter World's engine because they look so similar, but one looks graphically less. And I found out that um, Monster Hunter World, which is the better looking game, is on the older engine, which fucking blows my mind when I looked into that. It doesn't seem like it should happen. 
it shouldn't it shouldn't work and then what's really cool is the lesser looking switch monster hunter is on the re engine which is very cool because it's a new engine capcom literally just has an engine now that they're going to put everything on yeah it's their frostbite it engine is, yeah. but that's great because yep. i love the re engine it's like one of my new favorite engines as long as i don't hear devs come out later going like you I they're trying to make me make racing on games on a fucking battlefield engine which was we're still hearing that to this day yeah frostbite's a great engine for fps's outside of that ea has forced people to work wonders essentially the frostbite is essentially the ps3 of engines people just don't want to fucking do shit with it um yeah so that was uh you know like i said i made that assumption not based off anything just visuals and uh i got some very detailed explanations on those engines which i appreciate so rude though so no no one was a dickhead at all which i really appreciate i mean i had conversations with some of these people about this stuff and they you know brought up a lot of things so i'm not gonna get too into that i just want to say you know correct i stand corrected uh wade says i'm with you chevy the entire time seth was describing phasmophobia i was just sitting there like nope 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 don't wanna don't wanna play spoopy game with me that's rude as fuck nope what's scarier ghosts that will kill you or that wade won't play a game with you wade not playing games it's much scarier I disagree. Not me. I also disagree, but... Hmm. And then, last comment, Runty says, I felt like post-level 20 Genshin Impact is starting to feel a lot more like a mobile game. Thoughts? I partially agree. I'm like level 6, yeah, so I'm, I don't know. I'm almost 30, so... I'm baby. Yeah, I just hit 28, so... The grind is there, leveling leveling your characters. Super grindy. Super grindy in that aspect. But everything else does feel to me more like an MMO where you have like, you know, reached kind of like the middle to end game content and you're kind of like getting the items you need and doing dailies. I won't go quite that far. I'll go I I, I keep comparing it to the division for some reason because it has the same mm-hmm. kind of like meet enough requirements go up difficulty like the whole world just levels up with you this game does the same Mm -hmm. thing so you do enough stuff and the game goes okay difficulty up but the rewards are better now and that's what this game does oh it has like a world difficulty yeah i'm on world two like graduate into that's Mm -hmm. interesting so that's kind of cool about the super fucking grindy 100 percent. but it still isn't pulling that mobile game bullshit that all the only mobile game thing and this is the common complaint in the community that i've seen so far is the resin system which yeah. I haven't had a problem yeah. with because I'm not sitting there trying to play it 13 hours a day. So me neither. I'm not playing it any hours a day. But if you play it in little bite sizes, because it is designed to be on a phone as well and accessible to people who play on a phone, you have plenty of resin. I know everybody except for me hates it on fucking phone. I love that you can play a game on phone. It's so cool. I play it at work. Even if you're doing little baby shit, but not combat. Sure. It feels yeah. so automated on phone and not in a not in a good way. The camera is the only part that bothers yeah. me. I, I I'm able to do it because the game will automatically like bring the camera back in. And I'm per I'm, every game I've played, put the camera out here. I'm the opposite. I like to be over the shoulder. I, I got to be able to see it unless I'm fighting. <laughs> not me. Unless well, I'm really active with my camera though. But um, uh, but that's from playing fucking FPSs. Um, 
unless I'm fighting like a big boss or something like that. Like in MMOs, I like to play up close too. But then, of course, if you're doing a dungeon, I always zoom the fuck out because I know there's going to be a boss that I'm going to have to look and see everywhere. Yeah, so. I would say mechanics mm-hmm. wipe you on bosses. But yeah. I understand um, what you're saying. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm punishing myself in MMOs. I've been doing that forever. I will play up close, but then sometimes I'm zooming out, zooming back in, zooming out, and I watch other people play. And first off, so many people in MMOs just zoom all the way out, and then they just play with the keyboard. And they don't use the fucking mouse to look around, and it drives me insane. I drive. A, I actually confuse people all the time when they see how I play MMOs because I do uh, both at the same time while I'm in combat, and people are like, "I don't." Well, that seems complicated. I do the same with Chevy. Yeah. I keyboard and click. Yeah. Yeah, I was explaining my my layout to. Uh, I'm not gonna use his real name, but a uh, community member, Katari or Card Small, depending on. Mm-hmm where you talk to him his name is jason he's a real boy that second half is true (laughs) he uh i was i was telling him that i i use essentially one through six with my left hand and then also control one through six and then everything else on my three hotkey bars is all mouse while i'm playing oh i do the same thing well and it's funny because apparently that's not Super but like normal. I said, I watch people fucking my whole life. I watch people play MMOs and they're just like using WSAD to move and not use the mouse in any way to look around and shit. And there's moving like on this weird, like I'm like, yeah, how do you not fucking yeah. want to see what's to your left and right, man. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll play a lot of times like hitting macros like on the keyboard, but then also like if I get something over on the side of the screen, shit like that, like it's, it, it's, it's not even like, it, it's not even like I'm actively thinking about doing it. It's just natural. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just, but I'm also fucking weird. Sometimes like I do this all the time too. And I haven't seen anyone else do it. I'm sure a bunch of people do it, but fucking I'll like play a game with one hand. Sometimes if I need to do something, I'll get on my phone real quick, start doing, and I hold the control like this and start using the analogs and pressing buttons just cause like I'm, I'm multitasker. Like I have like fucking eight things on my mind at all, all times. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm kind of fucking hyperactive when it comes to talking, thinking, but like, even like when I'm playing game, I'm like, wait, I, I need to do another thing while I'm doing this. I say the older I get, I can't multitask anymore. But oh, I can like a mother. I'm finding new ways, dude. I'm I'm about to use my feet and my fucking. I've used my goddamn head before to move in a game and do shit. Like I'm like, I will f- life will find a way when it comes to me. And in MMOs, it's fucking that's fucking baby steps for me, dude. I'm just like, oh, I'll click over there. Yeah, no, I I just think it's funny, especially because I've watched like streamers play and they'll rebind so many buttons so they can do everything with one hand and i was like (laughs) i get it sometimes some games i've done that but yeah for the most part it's just like it depends on what it is and how often i'm going to use it yeah i'm I'm an adaptive boy play play to your uh your comfort obviously no play how people tell you to play it's the only way to play but uh the one thing be shamed by everyone i have started doing um is i have moved a lot of my important ui stuff more towards the center so i can tunnel vision yes while playing because yes. otherwise uh especially with an ultra wide i'm just doing this too much and so <laughs> i had to kind of bring some of that stuff in um yeah you should hook up a ddr pad onto the floor and have it under your desk and then you can just press buttons too while you're fucking using uh, the mouse and keyboard i watched a video of a guy who did a ddr pad and a uh guitar controller do the hardest um savage raid in 14 
it that's, was that's awkward. Cool. That's cool for the niche thing, but I'm saying use the mouse and keyboard. Use the fucking DDR pad so you have extra buttons there so you don't have to be clicking on anything. It's just all there for you. And then get one of those fucking Microsoft pads for people like with like disabilities, stuff like that, with the fucking little intern thing. Put that above your head, mounted above your head so your head fits in that hole. And then you can... I had to be one of those people who are on the street who have like eight instruments strapped to their body. One hundred. That's exactly. Music. I'm thinking of other peripherals now too. What yeah, else can you throw? Yeah, on you these? really lost me power on the, the head Nintendo piece. power glove. Power and glove. a power glove. Yeah, on the left hand when you're pressing the keys, you also have the buttons on your power glove. I do know there is an increasing amount of people buying foot pedals for the PCs though. Why? Extra what? buttons. Ugh. I, I have a hard like time playing drums. Pretty similar, except for their designed to be a controller as a button they're so they're another like accessibility like disabled you know attachment thing that people are like hey i can use this while still pushing other things so here's what people need to do they just need to buy an organ and gut it out and connect everything through the organs because it has three rows of keys and foot pedals as well that's the ultimate gaming rig right there. i thought you're talking about like um like a liver like actual organs yeah i thought you're trying to get into like black market trade i'm like well, this jump to a whole different conversation <laughs> the musical instrument the musical instrument look if you want if you if you want to play games better you got to be able to buy those games in peripherals so you're gonna have to sell a fucking kidney and if you don't have a kidney to sell you need to get a kidney how do you get that we can talk in private not on the show dm me later <laughs> it involves a small boxed red car driving off on the sidewalk. That's how you get kidneys. Get yourself a my MI. <laughs> anyway, what, what are we talking about? Peripherals. Peripherals are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No. Were we talking about Genshin Impact? Yeah, yeah we were. Tangent, tangent, tangent. I don't know what the fuck just happened just now. Uh, anything else you guys want to say when it comes to the mobile game feeling of Genshin Impact and how you guys already kind of said that it's got the leveling thing and you guys are okay with it, the grind? I, I've, I've kind of heard it as a common uh, thing for people. Um, Unless, this, this kind of blew my mind because I'm seeing like people like you guys who are like digging it and like going, I don't mind. But you still say, I don't mind. So you, you recognize there's something there that other people would mind potentially just like me in some games i don't mind grinding as long as the, as long as the grind's fun as long as it doesn't feel tedious um but i'm surprised to see places like ign and other shit going like genshin impact is a is like a wonderful game it's perfectly splendid they're like it's so much fun and i'm like holy shit they don't even they're not even like dancing around any of the complaints they're just like it's great I'm like, you're talking about this like it's a triple A game. I say the the only point I've really seen, um, and they're I saw, making that Genshin Impact money. I saw it on on Reddit was, uh, someone was like, as someone who plays, you know, games on a lot of things, people who play PC only games getting access to this style of game, um, they're gonna hit a certain point, which I this kind of feels like here, uh, that they're gonna go, this doesn't feel like a PC game anymore. And I think I think that is maybe what's happening with some people. I don't really feel that way because I still think it feels great on PC. Like I'm really surprised that they made it play that well on PC, especially after playing on mobile. So, I think it's a good theory yeah. for sure. But to uh, Runty's credit, um, I know she has played other mobile games, and I'm not going to talk about her finances on it. Yeah. But like she has invested time uh, into those games, so I feel like she definitely knows. 
Um, yeah, I'm not pointing the finger specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. at Runty. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. in general that has been a, a theme that I saw on Reddit of, of people going. Well, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. is a good theory because there are yeah. people that are like, oh, yeah, I'll play that. And then they're playing it expecting like, oh, it's like a cool like third-person mm-hmm. action RPG game, but it's also on phone. And some of the stuff in it is influenced by the mobile market. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is definitely the least scummy um, it felt like that when I played it, but I'm like I said, I'm not even fucking level twenty. So yeah, I mean, even real money stuff in the game, um, I I can't think of anything that you would spend real money on in that game that is ever like giving you that much of an edge. You're just getting more yeah. chances to gamble, bragging rights, yeah. because I, we all have- know in video games when you spend money on the game, people don't. People celebrate it. They don't go, oh, you bought that? Oh, they 100% do because the, the amount of people I've just seen talk about the multi-tiered three digits they've spent on this game, like, day one. Like, I was just like, whew, I'm, that's gambling problem right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm half joking just because there's a weird thing when it comes to games that are free to play. When you spend money in them, some people will be like, you, you spent money? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I want them to have money so they can keep working on it. Um, but then there's other people who do buy a bunch of shit and then they're like thinking they're a baller and shit. I'm like, but you, you spent money. Like you didn't earn any of that shit. I mean, sure. I guess you earned it in real life because you made, you might have been given the money. It's I don't a know. different kind of earning. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, or it might not be at all. Maybe someone just gave you a bunch of money. But, um, it's a weird point of pride at that point, though. That's what I'm saying. That's the the. It's weird that people take pride. In that. I've played games where somebody's just decked down all the shit you can buy, and then they're like talking it up like fucking they're badass. I'm like, but you just bought that access, which is I I won't judge, but at the same time, sure. it's a weird thing to fucking brag about. And we're in tangent territory again, obviously, but yeah. like, um, I think there's definitely a balance because like that's something you brought up Warframe, Chris. I think it's a good example. Um, and I'll even say my time with Final Fantasy Brave Exvius when I was playing a lot of that, there is a point where you have to go, am I just buying everything and not playing this game? You know, like you have to, that's where they got you. Yeah. If you're just buying everything as it comes out, you're not, Depends on the game, though, because, like, for a while there, I was buying, like, every Warframe when it came out Mm -hmm. to get access to it early to play it. But then I'd go do the missions and unlock it anyway. So I'd just have two of it. But, like, the reason I did that is because I wanted to play the fucking new Warframe, but I also wanted to give them money. Yeah. Um, And so it was win-win, and I was still earning the shit anyway. So I wasn't just playing the game with all the stuff I bought. So I was playing the content because I wanted to experience it. And one that was the the whole reason I was even bringing up Warframe as the example is, is, like, you can technically just buy everything when it comes out if you want yeah. to, but at what point? Like, what are you doing in the game at that point? That game is literally about collecting stuff. I mean, yeah. it's a story-driven game. It's got a lot of content and stuff like that. Especially at this point, I'm like, talk. I can't even talk about the current state of the game. I'm so far out of the loop. With There's it. a lot of stuff you have to craft, though, and like um, a lot. Yeah, but you're you're significantly reducing the amount of game available to you if you just buy everything. And that's why I think there is a balance. You want to do it every once in a while? Go for it. I, you should totally be supporting them. And they have good options for that anyways, like buying inventory space from being able to make more frames and have more weapons, yada, yada, yada. Like those are those are great ways to, to still be able to play the game but also support them. And I'm not telling you what to do with your money or how to play a game. I'm just saying personally, 
there's if I was just going to buy everything as it came out, why am I playing? I'm not playing anymore. Why? Why am I doing this? Well, you have to have a shitload of money too, specifically in Warframe, because there's not sure. just there's but, a lot of things you can buy. In but that those game. people exist, and and we were talking about yeah. that yeah. weird point of pride. The person who buys everything. What's what's the accomplishment here, other than look? I I have expendable income. Do you want to see it? But but also, and I know a lot of people are going to not identify with this, but the the accomplishment factor might not matter. Sure. Because, like, sure. for instance, there's people who are completionists in games. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about completing shit fully in a game. And the the pride that people feel in that, I'm happy for them to feel that. And, I'm, and I won't say anything negative about that. That's awesome that they're mm-hmm. into that. I don't have a positive or negative feeling on that, though. So if someone's telling me that they achieved their thing, I'm happy for you. But that there is no gauge for me that makes me respect it more yeah, but or the, less. The thing I don't I'm care about hearing it. there, though, is... Because it's time investment. I love this game. I played the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, which is cool. Versus, right. I want this stuff. I want to buy it. Well, there's also people, too, that like people just play a game, enjoy it, beat it, be done with it. Sure. There's other people who will mm-hmm. always go to the hardest setting, beat it on the hardest setting. And I would argue a lot of people could do that, mm-hmm. but they'd have to invest the time to play through and do it on that and get good at the game. And that not is necessarily an argument for their skill level, but they're wanting to get to that skill level. And so people who value that, that's awesome. Mm. And other people who won't do it can still value it as well. But then at the same time, it's it's not as valuable to a lot of other people too because they don't care yeah. about it right. either. They bought the game for different reasons. They bought it to experience the game, play the game. They like the gameplay of it. Still playing it. That, that I mean, that's really kind of was my major point. If you buy yeah. everything, there's nothing to play. So. But it's, it's a case-by-case basis because even like Warframe, you can buy the frames or whatever, still got to level them. So there's gameplay there. Yeah. You're not just like done in a day. But then, <laughs> I, I guess that's based <laughs> off each person. Um, it's hard for me to generalize those things, but because uh, there's so many different ambitions and reasons people play games and the amount of time they put into games, all sorts of shit. Um, but uh, there are a bunch of games out there where you can just buy the stuff and then you're done. It's something that you're working towards, and then when you achieve it, you're done. Mm. Whereas, like in that game, you get something, you still have to work towards something. You've just shortened the time to do it. Um, right. You have now have a more expensive game with less to do. That That's that's my point. Um, yeah, but it's not the same as like if you're playing like Battlefield and you don't unlock the guns for whatever reason. Again, I'm not judging this. I don't care if you do sure, it or not. not either. But, but yeah, but I don't have as hardcore of an I opinion am. on it as you. I'm can. judging you. Judge. But, Judge. but in Battlefield, you have to play the game to unlock the guns. But you can buy all the guns at once in these packs and all the fucking shit that comes with them and be done with it. Mm. And which you're still just playing a game every fucking match and going and going, fighting people and stuff, and you're going to enjoy that. So it might not limit that. But for me personally, the progression is... is, The the game's over for me at that point. There's nothing left to accomplish. Well, yeah, because like I can't play... I mean, Overwatch is kind of a bad example because people enjoy the skins. I think they're cool, but I need more than that. Um... Fuck, this is turning into so much bigger of a conversation than than it needs to be. But uh but it, it's 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 all case by case basis. But um Sure. But, and and you know, like I started off with, do what you want with your money. Mm-hmm. Play yep. a game however you yep. want. I don't care. Just from a personal standpoint, like I was the my, was pretty much my point. I I there's no way in my brain that I could find enjoyment in something if I bought everything. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I don't give 
honestly, I don't give a shit. Like what you want to do in your personal and free time doesn't affect me. So as long as money doesn't cheapen other people's experiences, sure. Because of you, I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, there's a balance. That was my whole point. Though, I'm, I'm fine with supporting a free to play game. I'm, I'm definitely willing to give people money, but, uh, it needs to be still at a point where like, I feel like I'm playing the game and not getting like forced to spend it. But also I don't want to have this access to like, not have reason to play the game. That was, that was my entire point. Well, the reason too, that we went into talking about the variables of paying for content and what are you going to do if you pay for it, which I don't think is just black and white, but like in a gotcha game, it seems like that is the opposite of what I was talking about originally. It's like in a gotcha game, you're rolling, essentially you're trying to get these, you're essentially trying to collect shit. And if you're paying for that stuff, that is the game is to get those things for the most part. Mm. I'm not a gotcha expert. I'm talking about (laughs) that's that you're buying stats. You pay for stats because the rare characters have better stats. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you still try to acquire the, acquire those characters without money? To be able to beat content that's harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you can also buy them, right? You can't just buy them out right now. What no. do you do? You have to gamble, gamble. to get them. You it's have a gamble. to. So you are legit gambling. Yeah. Like a casino. That's what gotcha is. Yeah. is gambling. It's gotcha pawn. It's based off of the, the machines you put quarters in and you get the random price. Gotcha. Pawn. Ah. <laughs> No, I thought you could buy the characters for some reason nope. directly because no. I know no. gameplay wise, you it's like that random aspect. I know you're spending real fucking money to get that random bullshit. I've never played a gotcha game that doesn't give you that currency while playing. You just have to put the time in like in yeah. Genshin Impact. I've pulled so many times and not spent a dime. So like mm-hmm. it's there. It's just it's a matter of how predatory it feels. Sure. You can go. That's, that's what the problem is. Yeah. You can literally go, hey, I'll give you five hundred dollars. Let me draw fucking 300 times. This is why I don't play these fucking games. So this is stupid as shit to me. Sure. And in some games, it's bad, right? There's a reason I stopped playing. And someone's probably going to disagree with me, but War War the Visions, is that what it was called? Yep. I stopped playing it because it's so greedy with its requirements for you to have good characters versus like Genshin Impact. The characters they give you are fine. Yes. I'm not missing out. Nope. And they give you the currency every day for your dailies and every chest you open and every little thing you do and single pulls aren't a disadvantage. Like most gotcha games they are. So Yeah. Very fair game. This whole conversation makes me not want to play gotcha games at all. They're not yeah. fair, buddy. Yeah. Especially if you have gambling addictions, which they're very good at showing people who have that problem. Luckily, I don't have gambling addiction at all. Yep, I fucking hate casinos. I hate gambling. So, But I am the type of person that if I go to a casino, I don't mind putting 20 bucks in a machine. But that's 20 bucks. I'm done. Like That was that was the choice. I made that Same choice. Same mentality with a gotcha game. It's only 20 bucks. Sure. But I did that with Warframe. <laughs> it's, just, it's just 20 bucks this one this, time. Oh, well, I did the last no, time. It wasn't so bad. I'll do no. it this time one more time. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not addiction. That's no different than me going to the gas station going, I'm going to buy these energy drinks. I have no reason to buy these other than I like them. Mm-hmm. Gambling addiction right. to drug addiction. So Good segue. So, as all long, the, all yeah. the addictions. Yeah, as long as you are responsible. 
with it. So, yeah. Anything else? Mm-mm. No. Chris, got anything to add? No. No. All right. Uh, thank you for the comment, Runty. It was a good conversation that we had about a lot of things. Um, and yeah, thank you everybody else for your comments. Thank you, Wade, for being scarier than phasmophobia. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, make sure to type in hashtag STLG if you'd like us to read your comment and reply to it. But that's going to do it for this episode of TasteCast episode 127. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at Tasty Loot Gaming. Um, check out our streams. Links down below. Uh, we have Discord. Link down below as well. You can talk to us anytime, all time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form. And we have a Patreon link down below if you'd like to support the channel. And yeah, my name's Seth. I'm Chevy. And until the next episode, which will be Tasty Cast, um, have a good week, guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take it easy.